know what I mean? Blog Talk Radio. In closing, this song has become the biggest selling song for the salvation. To each and every one of you, thank you for your contribution for making this song become as big as it is. We'd like to dedicate this song to all the ladies that we have this evening. Welcome to the Cricket Show, broadcasting around the world every Sunday from 6 to 9 p.m. blogtalkradio.com slash thecricketshow, or fast bowl us an email with your questions and comments to thecricketshow at comcast.net. And now, let's talk cricket, lovely cricket. Yes, let's talk cricket, and lovely cricket, and just want to say a pleasant good evening to all the wonderful people around the world, wherever you may be. I hope you are enjoying some fine weather condition. We are indeed experiencing some wonderful weather, and trust that all is well in your household. Let me just say good afternoon to Mertrice over there in New York, and of course, Dennis over in California. Good evening, Jay, ladies good. and gents. Good evening, Mr. Francis, Mr. Dennis, and all you guys keeping. Good evening to you, Mertrice. Good evening, Leon. 
We are doing wonderful out here in the Golden State. Plenty of sunshine, warmth, and I am quite delighted to be where I am instead of where Murchis is at the moment. Oh, no, don't you rub oh, it in. Oh, don't rub it in. Don't you rub it in. <laughs> and I must tell don't you, Murchis, it's not my choice of the song, right? She did that. I know. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, okay. anything new? Anything new to report? I know we have it's a little cold, nippy, but not too bad in my neck of the woods. So, I'm happy. Anything Nothing new? Nothing new. Mm-hmm. Same old, same old with the weather. I thought it was okay. 30 something, but it's 29 degrees in Whoa. the cold. Well, so, we haven't been out of it as yet. Oh, my goodness. So, you know how it is. The whole of yesterday and the day before was pure ice. Oh. So now, and it's not melting right now. So, that's what we have to deal with in this part. And you have to be open. Must be coping. Mm-hmm. When you hear that, Dennis, mm-hmm. you got to go and help her. Yeah. Uh, Shovel the snow from off of the the sidewalks, right? Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Dennis, what, why you didn't come and help me? I, well, I wouldn't. <laughs> the truth is, I wouldn't know what the snow looks like if I get up there and um, merge What is that? Is that for real? Are we here well, in real? Leon? I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. I heard people saying that, <laughs> and I'm saying you live in the United States and don't. See, I haven't seen snow. Oh, my oh, no. I heard people saying that. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, we have we, to correct that. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> have to do a trip over there, even to watch a cricket in disguise, just to watch a match in disguise <laughs> and then show him some snow. Hey, where are you going to see cricket in the winter? Mm. Nevertheless, does God give thanks for this wonderful evening that he has allowed us. So dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening. We thank you for you allowing us the opportunity to host yet another show, Lord. We pray you let it go on without any interruptions whatsoever. We want to ask you to continue to help our fallen brothers and sisters who are struggling with ill health and hopefully that, Lord, you just bring them back to their normal self again. Namely, my dear wife Eunice, Dr. Leroy Lashley and his daughter Lisa Lashley, Connie Whitley, my niece, Ellie Matt, Everett Carter, Oliver Solomon, Mertrice Nisbet, who is here with us this evening, Lord, and her, her dear mother, Bob Zeke, as well, who is um, under the weather as well. We pray also for Ralston Otto, Winford Francis, my other brother, Telbert Francis, another brother of mine, Dennis Kelman. Joseph Gunthrop, Willis and Mona Daniel over there in Miami, Fillmore Hall Pike, who is in North Miami, and of course Earl Stevens and Jeanette Hughes, my niece, Dr. Roger Brown, Roger Francis Jr., and all the others who, are, who have not expressed their concerns. Lord, we ask that you keep them together, Lord. Help them in any way you can to bring them back to their normal selves, Lord, because you know there's work left for them to do for you. We trust that you will just let us have a wonderful show this evening. Bless the ones who have helped us financially and those who have supported us otherwise, Lord. We pray for each and every individual who will be appearing on this show this evening and trust that you let it go on without any interruption and the folks who come on will enjoy every moment of it. 
In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, Dennis, we have, I thought I heard, I, I saw um, Hardly, but he's not here with us yet. And we're hoping to have a young man by the name of Mr. Gandhi. Mr. Gandhi, Mahi. How do you pronounce his first name? Mahi? Mihi or Mahi? Mihi. 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 Gandhi comes on around about 7 o'clock this evening, right? just as we finish the Walter Henry birthday hour. And hopefully he'll be able to tell us something about the Masters Tournament as it goes along around the world. But without any further ado, let me just give the anything Murtish, you, you in terms of football because you, you want to say to us before we go into the cricket outline? Football? Oh. Well, they had the Pro Bowl today, not too yeah, long ago, finished NFC, um, AFC, and yes. the AFC won five straight. Mm-hmm. And that's where oh, all good. the different players, all stars of football, come together and play oh. that game, special game. That's the, is that the Pro Bowl? Pro yes. Bowl. They yeah, usually play in Hawaii, right? Is it played in Hawaii? They usually play in Hawaii, usually. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And and Brady has finally decided to resign, uh, retire from professional pro football. Oh. He eventually did. And, um, I, well. We yeah. wait and see because, you know, they always change their minds. They change their minds. Someone <laughs> give him a great yeah. contract. And bring him back. Hey, come out and play you know? with it. Mega box. Okay. Yep. And next mm-hmm. week, hopefully, just to want to remind our listeners that next week we'll be on from 3 until 6. So that our okay. panelists can enjoy the the pleasanties of the Super Bowl. We usually do that. And um, mm-hmm. Dennis, I understand that you have $7 million to, play for 30, to pay for 37 Commercial for our show. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wish, that's huh? a lot. That's a lot mm-hmm. of money flowing on that uh, com- on those commercials. You know, for a thirty-second slot. But still, they're entertaining, if nothing else. Yeah. Unbelievable. We live up to watching the, the commercials on football Sunday. Yeah. Not uh-huh. a dull moment. <laughs> Not a dull moment in truth. And some folks take more than one. 30 second spot, you know. So, where uh-huh. do they get this money? <laughs> where, uh, where, yes. okay. That's the question. Oh, my goodness, where will they get this money? But let's, let's start off the show. we we'll wait a little bit for Audley, but he's running later, obviously, because he has to travel far. And depending on the traffic as well, he may be held up a little bit. But he will hear. Nevertheless, he hasn't said otherwise, so I know he will. First off, let me just tell you the the Cricket West Indies um, and the whole of the Caribbean are mourning the loss of Easton McMorris. Dennis, you must have known Easton McMorris for in, in years ago. Not, not know him Easton, personally, but I... You heard of him? I, I know of him when the time he came into um, the, the West Indies uh, test side and the Jamaica side. Okay, well, he has left us. Just want to take this time out to just wish 
the, 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 the member, family members and all who are mourning his loss um, well, and we just hope that his soul will rest in peace and his, his, um, will dry, rise in glory. He uh, played 13 test matches and scored some, okay, 100. Well, he, they didn't have his scores here, but we'll give you that in time to come. He has been with the Jamaica. He has captained Jamaica, and he also played for the West Indies. But in my day, they used to say that he was one of the favorites when it comes to the Shell Shield, so they call him, he's one of the Shell Shield bullies. So... And he makes a few runs, but when he comes to the test matches, he wasn't that efficient. But anyway, may he still rest in peace. If I could do what he did, I would be happy. If I were a bully for anything, I would be happy. Won't you, Dennis? Yes, I, I have to, you know, reach out and, uh, you know, forward my condolences to the family. Uh, Eastern mm-hmm. had a good reputation when it came to representing his island and uh, he did not do so well uh, in, in the test sides, but uh, of course he was always selected simply because he had always done so well for his national team. Yes, but, um, I'm certainly will miss him, and so be it. Well, the West Indies have started a tour in India, and they went down today by six wickets. Scores West Indies 176 from. 43.5 overs, and India were able to overcome that total, losing four wickets on the way. And with a bunch of overs to spare, 22 overs left of the 50. So, not a good start for the West Indies, but who knows? They may just recover, but it looks dim, very, very dim. So, we'll talk about it a little later, Dennis. And of course, most of us have been following the under-19 World Cup finals, and that was played between England under-19 and the India under-19. And the fans over in India are really, really happy for this great victory. England scoring 189 from 44.5 overs. India under-19 were able to overhaul that total, losing six wickets in the way. From 47.4 over. So again, the scores, India replying to England's 189 all out were 195 for the loss of six wickets. More of that is to follow. Okay, and um, let's talk about, well, this story I'm I'm following, the story of, of Lana. Where is the story about? But let's, before we get to Lange, I'll just tell you that the Pakistan, South Africa will be touring New Zealand in February this month. We're playing two test matches from the 17th of February, and the final will be played in starting on the March the 1st. Also, Sri Lanka, they are also going to be touring Australia. And the tour begins on February the 11th, and it will end... On the February the 20th, they'll be playing five T20s. Give you those dates a little later on, but just want to. Pakistan, Pakistan Super League is in progress, and the Manhattan Sultan, Malton Sultan are leading with with eight points, and we'll give you details of those who are following. 
Bangladesh Premier League, of course, that is as follows. The Victorians, they're leading in that the Bangladesh Premier League, and we'll follow up with some more details as they, we continue. Um, Pakistan Super Leagues, and of course, the Leeward Islands are, have named their lineup to take part in the upcoming four-day tournament in the Caribbean, and four Antiguans, Raheem Paulwall, Devon Thomas, uh, Nino Henry, and Kofi James are included in the squad which includes Munson Hodge of Anguilla, Casey Carty of St. Martin, Kyron Powell of Nevis, Ross Powell of Nevis, Jeremiah Louis of St. Kitts, Colin Archibald of St. Kitts, Amir Django of Trinidad and Tobago, Terence Ward of St. Kitts, uh, the other players included. More details, of course, I do have the lineup for Trinidad as well, because they have named their team. But I'm, I was hoping to get all the teams together and bring them. But I'll give you the Leeward Island since we are. Okay, some cricket schedules are out. We have the West. Well, we talked about that, the West Indies. Australia are playing England in the women's final. And today's match show sees England scoring 129 from 45.2 overs. And Australia, they were able to knock it off for the loss of five wickets with some 14 overs to spare. Australia, they won the T20, one match to nil. And they are in the ODI now. And the ODI sees Australia two, two matches to zip with one to go on the 8th, and we'll give you details, of course, we will tell you. Well, there is some news about Jaffa Archer, because word out that he was not supposed to be playing any cricket, especially IPL, until 2023, but for some unforeseen reason, he has been included in the, the roster to be selected for this year and of course that will commence on the 12th and 13th of this month and we're going to pause for a cause because we have Jatin on with us and Jatin when Jatin comes on early he has some special news for us let's hear from Jatin we just want to congratulate him Murchis because Jatin was on a special show last night beaming to Bombay England India I say England congratulations to you Jatin we have Murchis on, and we have we have um, Dennis on. Come on in, Jatin. Congratulations, De- Dennis. Jatin. Uh, Good evening, everybody, and thank you. Good yes, evening. Congratulations to all your endeavors and what you won the other night. Yeah. Well, it's at least uh, we are making some noise through this uh, Cricket Rodeo USA. Okay. And people are recognizing that we are doing something good here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, they wanted to have my special expertise more of a as a coach mm-hmm. to see what's going on in the, that the final game yesterday. Yeah. And okay. the biggest thing is we have to give that uh, 
positive impact the way the India is making is not about just uh, talent they have, but there is a other side of the coaching. We call it coachable players. They are getting time mm-hmm. to time, which is the most important thing of the game. And at the same time, there is a secondary side, which is we call a coaching staff who are 100% working with these coachable players. And the time to time they make the adjustment in terms of the game reading and tactics they use. What is the game plan or what is the inning building plan or what is the rotation policies in terms of the batting and balling, that sort of things. And it also does not happen unless they have the board's strong support. So these all three sides are working together. And now there is a one important thing, as we all know that India has a, one of the strongest youth program in the world at the moment. Mm-hmm. If you look at their grassroots levels, these kids have more opportunities to play more tournaments at the lower age, when you're talking about under 13, under 16, under 19, or under 23. And because of that particular platform, they are getting so many young kids to have enough hands-on experience. And when they come to the national fold, you are dealing with the legends like Rahul Dravid, Vivius Lakshman, so you can't go wrong. But at the same time, after winning this uh, fifth World Cup, there's a lot of think tanks in India, things that we have to keep continue doing much better on coaching side and helping the talent to stay focused and become a good uh, character with the good mindfulness about to play cricket. Uh, mm-hmm. The reason for that, my role was more important in the terms of coaching because of the population and expectation they have when anyone from any street grabbing the bat or ball, they have a big dream. It's absolutely fine with it. But unfortunately in India with that population of 1.4 billion people, there are a lot of disappointments when the players are not selected at the next level or they are taking some, uh, I will say, setbacks or hurdles when certain player or certain teammates move on and you are not getting picked for the side or tryouts or something. And because of that situation, you have more disappointment rejected players than those are 14 or 20 going up to play for the national level. So what happens here? when the people living with this big expectation to play the cricket at the higher level, and when they face these challenges, hurdles, or dejected, rejected, or did not pick for the side or something, the lot of young players are getting frustrated. They are losing their minds temporarily. And because of that, there is a situation that the mental depression, the psychology comes in a place and a lot of people want to just give up the hobby. Some can drain into the other side of the world where they think like my life is over because they think they put everything behind it 
And when they see these little herders, they feel like I'm done. I'm never going to have the opportunities. So over here, the, our critical part as a coach is, is to mentor them. You may have this first opportunity, but not the last one. Means it's not about you did not make it this time, but we need to go back and start working hard and show the people like you can bounce back. It's not about falling. It's all about how many times you get up and raise your standard. That is matters most. So because of that, the things are changing in India. They are putting a little bit more efforts in coaching to mentor the kids at very young level. Because we all think that is the right thing to do in any sport. If you are providing the good quality coaching at early ages, if their mindset is right, then they are ready to take any challenges. That includes loss, not having opportunities, any setbacks, hurdles, disappointment. They can deal with it. Because to be a good sportsman and good characters, you have to understand if the two team is playing, one of them going to win. That mm-hmm. means... If you are too good, you have to take the other way. Hey, I'm going to fight for it, all it takes till the last ball. But in case if I fail and if I lose, I better appreciate or thankful what I did for the team. And let's move on. This is not the last game. We can go back and come back with a different uh, mindset and try to win it again. Now, that part is getting stronger because we all know that mindset part is a little bit traditional in India through the yoga. And mm-hmm. because of this thing is helping these kids at the early age when they are getting through that meditation technique, which is more commonly, we call it a deep breathing and staying away from the distraction and negativities and think about positivity. The positive thinking is the best thing for any level. And I mean, if somebody is really watching these India under-19 team in West Indies, these kids prove it, how focused they are, number one. Number two, their mindset and body language on the field. You can read easily. It's not about teaming up, gearing up. They had little situation where they made changes, and it was visible. If you are at the coach level, you can see what are the adjustments they are making based on two things, the ground itself and the position. And if you look at it, every time different player in a different comfortness, they perform for the team. And that is how they clear the hurdles in quarterfinal, semifinal, and final. Every game was like really important to win it and move on. And they did all the day. And even in a final, if you look at it, they got a little setback. I will say if any other ordinary team, they could have been a little bit uh, psychology impact. We call it the game pressure. When the India took their first seven wickets and all of a sudden, there's the eight-wicket partnership is going 90-plus run. Yes, that's a frustrating time for any team on the field, I will say. But kids were composed. They did not give up. They at least worked hard, and as soon as the gate opened, means as soon as they got the eight-wicket, 
they wrap up the inning very quickly. It means they were looking for it. One break, we're going to take another break next to it, and they did it. And it did not go well for them because as they started the inning, they lost their key opening batsman on very second ball for duck. Mm-hmm. But if you follow this game clearly, immediately after that, the next three batsmen took care of that left-arm fast bowler with some adjustment. You can notice that one. With the mindset was ready to go and the plan was there, hey, we are not giving second wicket to this fellow. Before he disturbs, let him settle down. It's not about maiden overs or dark balls, but mm-hmm. let's kill the time. So this player can have his overs done. He gets his tired. And if we don't learn let further wickets, then we can be in a good strength. And that is the strategy. It worked for them because more they keep in the game a little bit longer. That's how it benefits. We all say the old way. As long as you stay at the wickets, runs are coming. So you have to find a way Jackson, to stay there. And that's what they did. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm just going to announce that the birthday and anniversary, the Walter Henry birthday anniversary, hour will be aired at 7.30. We have a special guest will be coming on at 7 o'clock. So we are hearing from Jatin, Jatin Patel. And I'm sure you have not heard, met Mertris before, but we are, a little later on we'll introduce you to her, um, Jatin. So go ahead with your... Nope. Leon, Leon, one moment before. Yes. I just want to let you know that uh, Mihir is online. He's listening yes, to I've us seen now, him. although he's... Okay. I've seen him. Okay. Fine. No, that's go fine. Ahead. So I will say, Leon, before we go to the other panelists with question and answer, the only thing I will say uh, on this uh, second news is definitely India. They celebrated this 1,000 ODI today when they played against West Indies. And uh, if you look at the numbers, I think India is at number one to play maximum number of ODIs. Second one is 958, which is Australia, and so on. So the other countries don't have enough ODIs. But coming straight to the point, why these India's young kids are doing well while staying at the wicket? If you look at the West Indies inning, I'm just speechless. Nobody wants to stay on the wicket, so how he can score. And that is what they perform. And it looks like it's uh, getting a little bit more of a mindset side. I can see the body language. Even the captain, Pollard, you can see he's getting under a little bit pressure all the time when he comes to the wicket. And then it comes out to a quick error very quickly at early stage of the inning. And that is what is building up. So many failures, I will say. He is not able to, let's say, play out maybe about a dozen balls to stay at the wicket before thinking about scoring or making a two-digit score before pushing the big shots or something. They are not even, uh, the captain is not able to capitalize any of those terms and uh, getting his uh, wickets quickly, easily. And that is a little bit... uh, Concern, and at the same time, we cannot blame on just captain. The other teammates are also doing the same thing. They need to find a way to stay on the wicket and look for the run. But the first thing first is always get your confidence when you get onto the wicket, play on. If you have to kill like six or 
doesn't ball to settle down, let's do it. It is nothing dying. But here, if you look at the score, even today, I think they lost, what, seven wickets under uh, 60, 70 runs, something. And then uh, there was an inning from uh, Holder and uh, one partnership. Yeah, one partnership is the one pull a little bit in three digits. Otherwise, West Indies was in a huge trouble to even reach the three digits. So that's the only thing I will say. We have to learn from this under-19 World Cup in uh, West Indies where we can see all the teams, which is the uh, semi-final, I will say, the top four teams. They give you enough uh, demonstration how good it can be if you deal with the pressure. How good it can be if you stick with the game plan. And the third most important thing is you have to be relaxed and stay composed with the pure focus in order to win it. And I believe there are a lot of youngsters in West Indies watching. And let's hope change. You don't need to rush in. You don't need to go with the big expectation. Let's go one ball, one moment at a time. And if you are with that attitude, the West Indies cricket can be changed. Yes, I I Go right ahead, I wanted to ask Jason, does he believe that uh, the West Indies skipper is batting too low in the order? In other words, if he were to come a little higher up, maybe one or two wickets higher up, is it possible that his entire level of concentration, responsibility, and recognition of the task at hand would then be enhanced so that his, he would not be so impetuous when he comes to the wicket with you know, six or seven down and striving to catch up on the over. So the question is, would it make a difference if the skipper was batting higher up in the batting law, batting order? Jatin, you heard Jatin? I think, I, yes, I'm here, I'm here. I think in my opinion, let's take it this way. In my opinion, I feel Pollard is going through a lot of pressure. That's for sure. Number two, things are not going as planned. When you lose a couple of wickets early or the front line means the top five, don't want to put the big scores, then automatically comes down to the half of the side and they have to take that game situation as a pressure and that is why it's happening. Uh, the thing is, at the moment, as I said, again, in my opinion, the Polaris looks to me a little bit confused, number one. Number two, I believe he is going through a lot of thinking. And when the things are not going well, you are mm-hmm. going with low confidence. We call it the lake of confidence. That's what is happening here. And to break that ice, again, again, I will say is not end of the career, period. He is enough experience and expert in this game, has turned around so many games, but this leadership and the game plan fails. These are the two things and comes in ahead and it's killing his performance. So if I have to do it, 
I, yeah, I'm coming to. If I have to do it, I will say he need to try to go at the top, maybe at number three or four, and let's break this ice. Instead of going lack of confidence and getting under pressure when your team is losing already three, four, five wickets and you're trying to turn around, it's not helping the other way. You know, so he need to find a way to get into the one of the game. Go a little early out there so you have a last pressure. Free up yourself and uh, stay focused and let's build the one inning to gain the confidence back, right? And if he can do it, he can change around. There's nothing wrong with it. And he's just trying to get in a question. Well, just another comment back to Coach Jatin, that leadership has a great deal to do with this. And I'm not sure that we're seeing the kind of leadership we would expect from a skipper. A skipper should have the ability to go out there and pull the team together by example. So moving higher up the order, as coaches suggested, and as I am thinking, would put him in that position where he does not feel that pressure to go out there and swing at the first ball right across the line, but instead build an innings with confidence so that those coming behind can see exactly kind of fight and leadership that we need. So that basically question is leadership, and maybe he should step away from the leadership for the time being while he gets his own house in order. What do you think of that? No, it's not the problem of leadership. It happens to all these good legend players, so many of them. You can say even Sachin Tendulkar failed in captaincy, Rahul David failed. Even in West Indies, I can name it few, including, let's say, uh, Chandra Paul and a couple of other guys. If you look at the situation, it's not about that player. This leadership brings a completely different pressure under this head. For example, I will say, if you are just a batsman, it doesn't matter what number you go, you know your role. You know your responsibility. And all you have to do is get out there, stick with the wicket, stay with your plan, and get your job done. That's the easiest thing to do for any batsman, I will say. But as soon as he put the leadership, he has a two or three other different plans. That includes building up the innings, how to uh, get the momentum in the inning, how you can recover or push the scoring. So it, this captaincy brings a completely different mind. And when they go to the wicket, the whole game plan is disturbing more to his own ability or capability. And this is what exactly happened when Jason Holder was captain. We talked over and over so many times. And if you look at it, since he is free off from the captaincy, he is free to perform. So there's two ways to do it, I would say. One is staying against the leadership is one good option. So you have less headache, I will say, not many responsibilities. You don't have to deal with your teammates and all other game plans and those things and just free up yourself and play your game. But there is another thing you can do. You can keep the leadership, but the moment you go at the crease, I think he need to have a proper mindset. Don't think about too much about the game plan or don't think about what happens before you get there or what is going to happen if you not succeed, 
and the remaining batsmen gonna do. As a batter, I will say, you only need to concentrate about building his own inning. Again, when he builds his own inning, let's say in a one of the game he goes at number three or four, which is I like to see him to go up top and just put 150 or something. Guess what happens? Things will change. You are seeing pressure, right? You're getting your confidence back, and at the same time you are helping the team to build the score. And now, whatever the difficulties you had to coming at the lower order and build the inning, which is not able to do it because the West Indies is losing quickly wickets under the low score. And then it's a very difficult when you give the advantage to the fielding side and ballers. They are top of the head. They don't let you settle down. So this is the thing they have to think about it, how we can tackle that pressure without losing too many wickets. So in order to do that as a batsman, best thing, go up. Like the MS Dhoni did. He used to go at number three at some point. Four, he is a batter like almost uh, six or seven different positions in a team. Mm-hmm. And that uh, is uh, it's like as needed with the gear. As needed with the gear. If you know that the average performance is not coming from top five, I think he needs to slide in some point and let's take a chance. Let's do it better and things can change. Yes. Well, let me, me, me say this to you before we welcome Virgil. Say good evening to Virgil all the way from Antigua, where he watched it on the 19th. No, he didn't watch them, but he heard about it. He watched it in TV. Good evening to you, Virgil. Yeah, good evening to all the listeners and good evening to all the panelists. Yes, this time I'm talking to you from one of the most, the be- the most beautiful islands in the Caribbean, Antigua. Uh-huh. all right thank you for that hold a while we have some changes here this evening we're going to have a guest mr gandhi he'll be on at seven and of course our birthday and anniversary of walter henry will be around about 7 30 quarter to eight but jayton my question that i observe i just think that pollard is is um, taking on the reporters, the editors in the newspapers are too much. He, he has to understand that the, these um, reporters have to do their job, and all he has to do concentrate on doing his. He's paying attention to, to, to them too much, and that is my feeling, that he, he has to leave them alone, let them do their job, and he does do his job with the team. He still have it, but like you said, you said he, he, something is wrong. He's not playing like he ought to. You know, and that, that shot that he got out with was uh, nothing shot indeed. But um, it, it was, you know, because normally he would have um, just come forward and do, no space between bat and pad. And what happened? He was just bowled off first ball. And that kind of put a damper on the team for a while until that Allen hold a partnership. And what went wrong with the Western is that you can't afford not to battle to 50 overs. They'll have about 5.4 overs or 5.2 overs out there. And that is far too many overs left. If they had scored over 250, 300 runs, obviously they would have um, right back in the game. And of course, some some changes you made are also Joseph is such a he should have opened with Alzheimer Joseph, seeing that Holder had 
I batted that long in. You know, I, I thought that he would have um, opened with Joseph, but he didn't. And nevertheless, Joseph came back and got a, a couple of crucial wickets, but nobody else was there to follow up and, and continue with the um, getting and shipping off of the Indian um, team. So it, it, it's. Then I have another observation for Coach Jatin, and that is. If we, those of us who were fortunate enough to watch this game last night, you know, the India-West Indies match, I noted very much that the West Indian openers are the first four, three, bat, four batters. They were not capable. We have the ring, you know, in the power play, and they were mm-hmm. incapable of getting singles between the power play series. They left a lot of uh, maiden overs bold during that power play, which, of course, cost them dearly. So we need to go back to find a way to be able to pick up the singles because that would have been possibly six runs in an over. And uh, you could deal with that or even four. It makes a difference. But maiden overs in the... You know, and that's not to take away from the bowlers because they're doing their job. But I think it's up to the batters to make the effort to pick up those singles. Coach, what do you think? The three things. Let's tackle the first thing. The Pollard out on a straight ball. It was little spinning, I will say. He could have played it with the front foot, like Leon says. But again, it's about the mental side. What's going on in his made, on particular that uh, delivery. That is that gives a more outcome basically so i will say this particular inning when he got out like that i believe he was under tremendous pressure so instead of going forward or hitting out he stayed back and that's a little bit error there but he's capable to play this ball i will not say that uh, that was a difficult ball but number two it's about the spinners i think uh, leon and dennis both of you know i told you that the India will be heavy. Look at this. They just put the two experienced spinners in this game, and they end mm-hmm. up uh, seven wickets between them. Right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. again, they are playing in Ahmedabad, so you need to know the track. This track is, as I said earlier, before the series starts, the West Indies is going to have a difficult time to find the ball to hit rather than just hitting. It's yeah. easy to hit the ball if you can see it. Where here... The track is going to do a lot of magic for you, and the spinner is going to advantage. And I will not be surprised in a second game if they bring one more spinner to join these two. It's coming, I will say. Going uh, on the media side, on the Leon's concern, I think it's part of his role as a captain. So he mm-hmm. cannot skip the media, or he cannot avoid the media. And uh, when you're going through this uh, hardship, and uh, some on and off roller coaster ride for you, like you just recently won the series against England, and all of a sudden you are on the tour in the subcontinent. And uh, in India, it's always tough time to play against the spinners on the spinning track, and this will have made adjustment. But coming back to that uh, media question and concern, I will say you cannot stay away or avoid, but uh, I will suggest that... uh, he may limit his comments and response mm-hmm. to every query out there. You have to save yourself. 
because the, the thing is uh, nowadays uh, the journalism is a completely different you give them the one answer and they'll immediately come out to drag you for another question so aggregate basically more information from you from the first question into the second question and sometimes it can derail your thinking it's not something easy to do it but uh, to this moment i will say he need to stay focused more on the game plan and basically stick with your teammates and uh, find the best possible uh, uh, changes and rotation like uh, basically like the leon side they could have put the some singles and avoid the maiden overs and that is the biggest thing mm-hmm. at any level i will say even at the top level if you are a batsman and if you are under pressure the most important things you can do is basically do a little bit placement and find a way to rotate the strike because if you can do it then you are staying away from that pressure let your teammate handle if he can and these can change the completely a different game psychology and that is what they are not able to do it all your thoughts let me see if virgil has a question for you coach virgil talking about the west indies and their poor performance last night can you do you have a question for jk not, not really. Well, you know, something I didn't, I didn't get to see the game, but for here, these guys out at 100 and a little bit, didn't bat out at 50. Over. It was a little bit of shame, but I guess probably in the bowler was bowling good, but as you were talking about the out that Pollard get, and Pollard need to, for me, Pollard need to, I mean, concentrate more on the game because I think something is wrong with Pollard head. When I say wrong with Pollard head, if you criticize him, I think he get angry and want to just like um, lash back at you. And for a leader, you need to take the good, the bad, and the ugly when it come at you. Because when you're doing good, people will say you do good. And when you're doing bad, you are the one in charge and you're going to get blamed for it. So he needs to take it. He needs to stop getting ang- real angry. Because you can look at him. I remember a game I was watching when he was saying something about what the media was saying something or whatever. I mean, he need, he need to cut away from that because that is going to kill his game if he continue to put that pressure on himself. Because he's putting double pressure on himself. And that, yeah, that's all I want to say. Yeah, what I meant to Jatin is that not, he cannot avoid when he is at the toss and when he's asked to come in at the end of it. Right. But there are articles that have been written all over the place. And then he's, he's irritated because of that, you see. And you, you have to, he has to learn to avoid, you know, confrontation with the media because they have the upper hand. They can write what they, they like, but he has to just avoid it. I've spoken to a number of cricketers, and, and, and they say they, won't, they, don't, they don't read the papers. They don't read, read the sport section. I say why? Because it just gets to them. So some folks can do it, but I guess he cannot avoid it. Okay, so I think we have. Um, I think it's Ivor. Is Ivor on with us? Is it Ivor or Donna? Okay, it might be Donna. It's Donna on here. Yeah, okay. We're going to have the. Birthday hour at around about seven thirty this evening. So okay, cool. okay, we have a special guest. 
Okay, Jatin, go ahead, continue. Jatin, and finish up. We have about another 10 minutes. No, that's all I have. And then West mm-hmm. Indies uh, has to work for the game two now. The first one is gone. And it, usually it's a very difficult situation to judge the situation, pitch and ground and atmosphere and temperature and all sort of things. But after mm-hmm. you play the game one, it's always you have to go back and think about what we learned or what experience we got from the game one and how we can improve for the game two. And that is the uh, board work. They have to do it. And I think they are in a good shape to do it. But uh, again, at this particular round, if you look at it, the way he's as uh, uh, the performance, the, how the batsman has scored runs is uh, more of a singles at early stage. Always look for the loose ball and go for the boundaries. But you don't expect that everything you get from the big strokes is not going to happen. This is the big ground, and the ball is uh, trying to keep low. And you have to read these uh, spinners very well. If you're not uh, willing to come forward and play, then these spinners can uh, give you a lot of headache. You can't just stand in your crease or going back and play unless the you are willing to play with the merit. Yes, sometimes you have to go back foot and you can play those late strokes, especially on squares or on the mm-hmm. late cut or something like that. But then again, it's a decision-making on batsmen, how you're facing the spinners. And the most important part, what me missing right now, the way I look at it, I watch almost entire inning before fall asleep. I can say against the spinners, it takes more footwork than the skills. And that is what they need to step up. If you're moving your feet and able to get behind the ball, then you are, everything is possible out there. But without footwork, these spinners can give you a real hard time. Okay. Okay, Leon. Okay. Yeah, go right ahead, Danny. Okay, we have not brought me hear him yet, have you? Let me make sure that that is done. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest with us this evening, and we're going to make sure we have him on, right on with us. Yes, he's very much with us, Dennis. Go right ahead, make the int- intro, and we'll go from there. Good evening, me here. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. we are hearing you clear. Very good. Just want to make so, sure my microphone is on. Okay, thank you. Right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and you know, fellow listeners, I take great pleasure in uh, welcoming Mihir back to the cricket show. Mihir has been a guest with us before, and of course, we have brought him back today because I know he has some new information that he can share with us on the growth and development of cricket. And by way of introduction, I should say that Mihir as a BA from the University of Mumbai. He also has an MBA from the University of Ohio. And he spent 30 years of executive or board member and chair of various important committee. Meher has been a treasurer of the Southern California Cricket Association for over seven years, as well as first vice president for two full terms. 
He was then voted in as president of the SCCA for the years 2019 to 2020, and recently was inducted into the SCCA Hall of Fame in 2018. And I know this is brought him a great deal of pleasure because the person who inducted him was his favorite player on the India side, none other than the great Sunil Gavaskar. Nehir mm-hmm. has volunteered services in several charitable organizations, and we know that he has interests in not only sports, but music, social plays, and entertainment shows. Nehir, I... Before I move on, I want to offer the Cricket Show's condolences to the loss of your dear mother sometime during last year. And I now open the floor and will ask you to one or two questions, but uh, let's hear your you know, opening shot before we commence. Yeah. Here you're on. Thank you, Dennis. I appreciate the warm welcome and the kind words of introduction. That's uh, very humbling. Thank you very much for that. And I appreciate your condolence message as well. Yes, it was the toughest loss of my life, uh, losing my mom last year in July. And it so happened that day itself, I was at the cricket ground when I got a call from India. And uh, it was absolutely kind of like earth-shattering news for me. Uh, and it was because of COVID that I could not go and see her. So that made it much more difficult uh, that I could not go and see her at that time. Uh, but uh, I guess kind of like it was, we have no control over some things and it was meant to be, I guess. Uh, but thank you for your condolence messages. I appreciate that. So. And good evening, all the panelists, good evening, listeners. Uh, pleasure to be back. And thank you for inviting me to kind of like uh, be a part of this uh, wonderful cricket show, the talk show that we have here. Uh, so thank you, Leon. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, good to hear your voice, Jatin Bhai. And uh, looking forward to a nice uh, chat uh, this evening about uh, cricket in general and Masters cricket in particular, because that's a new thing kind of like on the horizon. And I'm very excited about it. So. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Mihir, I know, um, first of all, the Masters Cricket USA, we have not, at least I have not heard of it prior to um, speaking with you. And so I'm wondering if you can uh, tell us two things. What is the aim of this organization? And second, how long has this organization been in existence in the United States? Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you are right on when you say that you have not heard about Masters Cricket till now, uh, because Masters Cricket uh, USA, and sometimes I'll just use the word MCUSA just to kind of like make it easier. Uh, so Masters Cricket uh, came into existence, I believe, sometime April 2020. But uh, the first activity for the group began only in last April when there was like a zonal tournament held in Houston. And talking about the mission statement or the objective of the organization, Masters Cricket was formed with a, kind of like an objective to provide opportunities for cricketers who are kind of like, so to say, senior cricketers over 50 and over 60 to be kind of like continuing to play the game that they love so much, to participate in 
local, zonal, national, and international cricket tournaments with other 50 plus uh, like World Cup playing nations that we have. Uh, so Masters Cricket USA is a new kind of like a entity and a baby, so to say, compared to the other Masters organizations around the world. But uh, there has to be a start somewhere. And I'm so happy that uh, the initiative was taken by some pioneer founder members. And uh, we started with a small group, but uh, kind of like within a year, I'm uh, proud to say that we have kind of like grown Substantially, in, not only in terms of numbers, but in terms of the events that we were able to hold. And uh, one important thing I would like to share is that uh, USA Cricket has also uh, endorsed and recognized Masters Cricket USA as the body responsible for uh, giving opportunities to the seniors in domestic tournaments and also selecting the team for the international tournaments to represent US as a national team to be playing in the Masters tournaments for over 50 and over 60. So it's kind of like a lot of things have been accomplished in a short period of time. And I'm very excited and uh, happy to be a part of it. And uh, so that's kind of like the mission that it was started with. And uh, yeah. Okay. Thank you there, Mihir. Um, I, I noticed you stress over 50 and over 60. Why not just period? And you have an executive position in the organization of which you are responsible administratively for, say, the over 60 as opposed to the over 50. Can you just explain to us why is it necessary to have a split administrative ladder? In, for this organization? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very good question. And uh, yeah, essentially, Masters Cricket USA is the parent, so to say. But under that, we kind of like have two arms. One is for the over 50 and one is for the over 60. And the reason for that is kind of like, I mean, when we all played cricket in our prime young age and all that stuff, obviously, we all played competitive cricket with 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, and maybe even in the 40s, right? But once we cross the 50, and if you kind of like uh, have seen the logo for Masters Cricket, it is very appropriately having the uh, uh, the logo states the second innings. And that is technically kind of like the, the thing that we are pushing, right? After 50, technically we are in the second innings of life at that point. So over 50 was kind of like the initial push for this movement. But uh, then, kind of like, I mean, as time advances and everything, obviously, kind of like, we kind of like still want to play the game, but we cannot compete with the 50-year-olds also. So we kind of like thought it's kind of like good to be kind of like having a separate arm for over 60, where we are still able to function, not at that same level as the over 50 cricketers or the players. But uh, it would be nice to have that kind of like and play kind of like. And one other thing is basically social interaction is very, very important. So we build friendships and things like that on the field. But uh, under the Masters Cricket uh, umbrella, we kind of like uh, give a lot of emphasis to the social interaction, camaraderie building of the field as well. So it was kind of like the numbers dictated pretty much, I would say, why we kind of like had to split it into over 50 and over 60. And yes, I am an executive committee member and I am kind of like um, handling mostly the over 60 things. 
there's a executive committee for over 50, about five of them there, uh, five of us in the over 60. And then there are nine board members who make kind of like the decisions uh, and like the final board uh, decisions are made by them. But we all function together. It's all voluntary. We all are so passionate about it that it's so much fun that because of this medium, I've been able to make some new friends that I didn't even know about six, eight, ten months back. And now kind of like we talk on a very regular basis uh, or chat on the group chats and things like that. So it's kind of like a, a great experience, uh, like I said, socially also. So that's why we split it into over 50 and over 60. I hope that answers the question. Yes, it does. Thank yeah. you very much. And Leon, I, I, yes, I have a couple more questions and yeah. then I will uh, okay. see if any other member would no. like to uh, come in. I would like to, so, I would like to come uh, in now, Dennis. I'd like to come in now. You, okay. you know, so that okay. because some of the questions like, you know, Mahir, are you satisfied with your accomplishment since you have begun this enterprise? And tell us some of the both, some of the joy that you have um, obtained from doing this, because I know it's voluntary, and of course, you know they usually say 20% of the people do 80%, 100% of the work, right? So right. Can you yeah. Yeah. Can you just... Sure, absolutely. Uh, I am kind of like very, very pleased with the, that the organization has made as a whole, because like I said, kind of like we do kind of like with a small number, but today we boast almost like 250 members between the over 50 and the over 60 group. Uh, mm -hmm. We started with only like four teams playing in Houston last March. And this year now, again, in two weeks, I'll be in Houston. We are having the over 50 eight teams participating there, or sorry, zonals, there'll be just four teams. But then in March, we have an international tournament where uh, over 50 teams from West Indies, Canada, UAE will be visiting. And that will be also held in Houston. Uh, and then again in May, we have an open tournament for which 12 teams have already signed up and we have some other teams on the waiting list. So yes, we, I'm very happy with the progress that the organization has made, but there's obviously kind of like, there's a lot more things that can be done that we want to do. And we encourage more and more people to come in and play the game, kind of like, because they have probably not heard of it. They don't know that this uh, organization exists to give them a second chance or a second innings to play the game. So we are inviting and reaching out to as many people that we can to kind of like attract them and have them join the organization as players, members. And like you rightly said, we are always looking for volunteers to step up and take some responsibilities and the duties to kind of like uh, do the things that are required behind the scenes. Because I mean, playing the game on the ground is one thing, but there's so many other things that, and planning that needs to go in. Uh, so we are always looking for more and more participation and more quality people to kind of like step up and help us out with uh, Taking it to the next level, absolutely. What are, the, what are some of the fun fun time you have had, and if you care to share it with us, because I know it has to be, bring you some personal enjoyment. And yeah. So last year we had like multiple tournaments that were held in LA. Uh, by the way, our home grounds, kind of like so to say, our home grounds are. Uh, Woodley Park, which is one of the finest cricket complex that you'll find in the country. And I'm happy that that is obviously kind of like part of the Southern California Cricket Association's uh, cricketing uh, assets. And we could use those. 
And then there's the Smith Murphy Park, which is also an SCCA uh, ground. And uh, we kind of like started with uh, North-South tournament at the Smith Murphy Park uh, just for the over 50 at that point. And I played that one last April also. And uh, so based on this uh, new kind of like uh, uh, entity that, so to say, I found to associate myself with, I have come across uh, friends from Northern California, from across the country in Boston and uh, in Maryland and all, all over the place, basically. So that has given me a lot of joy that people that I never knew kind of like are kind of like now kind of like friends and kind of like people who are so passionate about the game. We are all connected. We are all kind of like trying to promote the game because at the end of the day, the, the kind of like, again, the motto or the logo says that it is to promote, advance, cultivate, foster the game of cricket at all levels. So it has given me a lot of joy because obviously we are all passionate and that's why we are on this call here and talking about cricket with so much uh, passion. Um, mm -hmm. that, that that joy is indescribable in that sense. And I, I'm really grateful that I was given this opportunity to be a part of this organization and at the uh, be a part of the committee member. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Dennis, we do have Mr. McKenzie on, and we have, of course, Jatin and Virgil. So okay. back over to you, Dennis. Well, let's see if Jatin or um, McKenzie has any questions for um, me here. Yes. I, I'm, I, I heard you talk about wood in the park. That means I get the impression you're operating out of New York. How do you, um, um, how do you get to reach out? To places like Houston, I've been living in Houston for some time. I know we have a big playing field out by Curview. I guess that's when you used to come down there. Let me give me some impression about information about your organization in Houston. Very good. Okay, I'm glad you asked that question. And just a point of clarification, I mentioned Woodley Park in Southern California, so it, we are based oh, here. California. Okay, good. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm based here, but like I said, we have members from all over the country. We have executive committee members who are based in different regions, obviously, for representation and kind of like being kind of like the leaders in those areas and everything. So that is there. Now, coming to Houston, I'm glad you brought it up because that is something very important because I, I would say in the next four months, we are going to be in Houston making three visits. Like there will be multiple tournaments going on starting in two weeks, like from February 16th to the 19th, then from March 24th to the 31st, and then again in May from the 9th to the 14th. The two places that we really kind of like uh, love in Houston and we want to kind of like uh, play, I've never played that before, but I've heard really amazing things are, first is the Musa Stadium. That is near Sugarland. I guess it's about 30 mm -hmm. minutes downtown Houston. That, that, I, I, live, I, live near, I live near Sugarland. Okay, wonderful. Okay, so, so you might have seen Musa Stadium there. And in fact, the one of the managing partners of that stadium is a master as well. Uh, I believe Musa Stadium was built sometime in 2013. And there are two turf grounds. And uh, it's probably the first private cricket stadium uh, that was built in USA back in 2013. And the other location that I was mentioning was the Prairie Cricket Complex. Uh, I am sure you must have heard of that also because it is... Mm, yes, Prairie View. Yeah, Prairie View is the largest... Uh, because complex, it has got yes. uh, go ahead, sorry. I'm sorry. 
yeah, 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 sorry. No, because Prairie Complex has got uh, like six turf grounds and all of them are of like international caliber where kind of like games can be played and uh, invited teams kind of like they love to play there. Uh, it is the official approved ground by USA Cricket and by uh, Major League and Minor League Cricket. Uh, they have a lot of practice areas and everything. So it's kind of like uh, we have like the best ground in the country that we are playing on right now that is in California and in Texas right now in Houston. So, and we, we are looking for other places all the time. So we will probably kind of like find something in Florida, New York area as well. Uh, but I would like to kind of like have, invite you to come and see us uh, in Houston. We'll be there between the 16th through the 19th. Uh, the games will be played on a regular basis, except on the Friday. Uh, so I would love to kind of like uh, meet up with you and talk more cricket at that point. I, I, I would be interested in that as well. Um, when you get up, get up the air, like, um, Leonardo, um, Lea this could give my phone number. When you come in Turkey and just call me, uh, it's boogie-bye. Already, I will look forward to that, and thank you for the question. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, a question for you, Mihir. The... Um, can you tell us something about the Masters USA Open that is due in May, May 9th to 14th? What sure. teams are involved in this, and is this by invitation or simply any anyone can apply to participate? Tell us about this tournament. Yeah, sure. So the Masters Open in May 2022, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we kind of like wanted to make it open to anybody and everybody who wants to participate because we are we are of the firm belief to make it all inclusive this masters organization so we want to kind of like attract people from all walks of life all, all parts of the country so we made it open and like i'm happy to say that within the first two days we had almost eight slots taken and in the next four or five days, all 12 slots were taken. So right now we have a waiting list. Uh, it was not by invitation. It was open to anybody who wants to enter a team. A deposit was required to kind of like make that financial commitment uh, that they will be participating. And then kind of like uh, the, the uh, expenses and all this stuff, obviously the budget is being worked upon. But uh, that is kind of like the big thing coming up in May where we will have 12 teams. Because we don't want to make it too big, where kind of like uh, the games kind of like get uh, scattered all over the place, and people don't get enough games uh, after traveling to kind of like Houston at that point to play. So we restricted it to 12, 12 teams basically. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. What about the the BMC Caribbean Cup, which is scheduled sometime? What teams will be involved in this, and how did it get the name Caribbean BMC Caribbean Cup? Uh, you got me on that one. I don't know. Where did you see BMC Caribbean Cup on the Masters team? That, that's on your uh, on your website. Okay. Um, we, we, well, you can come back with some information. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to you. Yeah, I'll have to look mm -hmm. up uh, something. Yeah. Maybe it is on the Masters, uh, not the USA one, but probably on the Masters West Indies or something. I, I, I'll, I'll have to check that out. So, yeah. All right. Are, are yeah. any of the Masters tournaments played for a prize money no there is no prize money right now but i'm talking about the masters uh, tournaments uh for the over 50 the world cup was scheduled to play in september of this year 
or, or sorry, uh, November of this year, but it got pushed back because of COVID to March 2023 now. But for the O60, I'm so excited that I'll be kind of like representing the Masters national team as the vice captain. And uh, okay. we will be visiting Australia, uh, playing on the Sunshine Coast from the mm -hmm. 2nd of September to the 15th of September. So that is like the dream or the vision at this point for 2022. So all these tournaments, all these practice sessions, all these things that are going on uh, are kind of like to build it up to that World Cup, basically, that will be happening in September in Australia. And if I may That's go back to kind of like, sorry, sorry, go on, Dennis. No, 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 you go ahead. I have. Yeah, yeah. No, what I was going to say is that talking about the second innings, kind of like it was a win-win situation, as I mentioned earlier, because this has given a reason for people to go back to the gym, to start working out, to practice, to kind of like, you know, play the game again that kind of like they played and kind of like had so much passion about. So staying healthy, staying fit, and kind of like stretching, practicing, working out, yoga, uh, meditation, all those things are into kind of like the equation at this point. And it's it's a different outlook, so to say, kind of like and a, a, a rekindling of the spirit, uh, I would say. So it is a big win-win situation for everything. And like I said, right now, all our energies are focused towards these tournaments building up to the World Cup in September. So. Okay. You, you mentioned the, this tournament or this trip to Australia. Yeah. Are the, team, are the teams from various countries recognized as official national teams or are they um, nationals from those countries who are, are involved? Uh, yes. I hope the question is, is clear. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's it's clear, I think, I and I'll answer it accordingly. But that's a good question because, yes, it is recognized globally and the, there will be like 14 cricket-playing nations competing in the Masters World Cup for the over 60 in Australia. So teams from like India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, uh, Zimbabwe, Canada, West Indies, uh, you name it, pretty much all the top cricket-playing countries kind of like have a team that will be fielded there. So, I mean, it, it's going to be at a different level. Like I said, Masters Cricket USA is still a fledgling or a baby on the scene. But we will kind of like do the best that we can, putting the talent together, giving the opportunities to the players who are capable of playing at that level. So. Thank you. Um, Virgil, do you have any, any, any question items you wanted to raise with me here? No, I don't have no question, but I just want to tell him my condolence to him. I understand how you feel losing your mother because even my own, I lost my own about three years ago, I think, or maybe four years, and I can I can hear the emotional come out coming out of you, and I know exactly that how that 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 that, that really felt. So just want to say my condolence my condolence again to you. Thank you. I, I know it takes a lot of time because even even up until now when I talk about my mom, I, I get really emotional over it. So I understand um, how you feel. Right, right, right. So on that yeah. note, if I may just add something before you ask the question. And this is a very side note kind of a thing just because you brought it up. Like I mentioned, when I got the news, I was on the cricket field. I was captain of the over 60 Reds team. And I had put in a lot of time and effort to kind of like planning the whole tournament in LA along with my colleagues uh, who kind of like also kind of like were kind of like very, very involved in the whole thing. 
but my family told me mehir you continue with what you are doing right now do not think about anything else do not kind of like think about coming to india also right now because of all the things that are going on so my family encouraged me and i played cricket for the next two days it was total a four day event but i stayed there for two days i played and then on the third day i kind of like came back home and it was difficult but i knew that my mom also wanted me to kind of like be there on the field she was my biggest source of inspiration my pillar of strength whatever you want to call it whatever public speaking i am able to do i i attributed to her because she was a kind of like a born leader so to say for a woman in india in the 60s 70s growing up she accomplished so much that i'm so proud to call her my mom and i did it for her and on a side note again this had no connection with the kind of like the event that the sad event that happened but masters had kind of like uh, decided to recognize three local uh, individuals who had contributed to promoting and developing the game and i was selected reselected as one of them and they presented the grand masters award for that to me on that evening on the second evening and i dedicated that to my mom and i'm so grateful that kind of like i was able to dedicated to her uh and she was kind of like again telling me from up there watching me that i am doing what she wanted me to do i just wanted to share yeah. that off yeah it's like okay. Mr. Okay. appreciate it thank okay. you I appreciate thank you. it thank you very much coach jaitin do you have any question for for uh, me here no 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 I mean maybe in 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 a few but I'm just keep on listening and then think about yeah. something to ask. Thank you. I, I just want to share the condolences about his mother's passing and we from the West Indies we are really mourning the death of Easton McMarist Jamaican yeah. and West Indies cricketer. He passed away the other day. We just want to mention him in our in our, in our program today. That's yes, Easton McMarist. Upasa yes, we have no. We have no we regret that, Mark. Thank you. But we just have to hope the best for his daughters behind. Thank you, Mark. We've noted that earlier on. Um, Coach Jaitin. Yes, I will not have any question because I know Mihir by for twenty plus years. Oh, <laughs> he's really on and off. We chat on it, and uh, yes, yes, okay. sir. Thing is, do I have a chat on it? Yeah, he taught you all these things. He taught you all you knew, Jaitin. We kind of like support each other. We care for each other. We teach each other. Yeah. <laughs> and that that meeting okay. started before even internet started. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Okay. Now, good to see yeah. you, brother. Yes, same here. Likewise. Like. Mihir, yeah. are there any are there any retired national and international cricketers involved in the masters uh, program tournament so actually for the other cricket playing countries i am told that uh, quite a few of the uh, international cricketers who played for the country are now part of the over 50 and the over 60 teams for their nations for the us obviously like we are still new but we do have some mm-hmm. representatives so who have kind of like represented USA at the national level and played against Canada in the Aussie Cup and things like that so we do have that but again kind of like in february at the trials we will kind of like watch the players 
and then come up with the squad for the World Cup. So I don't know kind of like right now at what level, but we are always looking for new talent, new kind of like uh, players to join and help us elevate it to the next level that we want to be at, to be competitive at that level. Because obviously we have a lot of groundwork to do, uh, kind of like a lot of long ways to go basically. So, but yes, for other countries, a lot of international players who have played at the international level are part of that, yes. All right, thank you on that one. And I know that you're me, going to ask, ask a question. Let me ask a question yeah. of you. What drove right. you to to get into this level of cricket? That's what we call, that's, that's what we call the geotrophic cricket. Retirement. Right. Yeah, the older age. What, what drove you to get into that sector right. of the game? Yeah. No, that's a good question, right? So, I mean... In India and in most of the cricket-playing countries, we start playing cricket from our school days, kind of like we call it gully cricket or kind of like, you know, ground local ground cricket and all that stuff. So we do all that stuff. I was uh, lucky to be kind of like the captain of our school team and the junior college team. And then when I moved on to college, I was uh, very fortunate to be part of the squad that was led by Ravi Shastri. So I kind of like was in that, but... In India and again other places, academics obviously for all the kind of like right reasons takes precedence over sports. So I did not pursue it at that point and I kind of like focused more on kind of like my studies and things like that. But I was always involved in playing cricket at that level, but kind of like didn't go to the next level, so to say. But uh, it was kind of like a pleasure to be a part of a sport that was so highly ranked and led by Ravi Shastri at that time. So that was the kind of like initial stages and all that. After I came to the U.S. to do my MBA, I was in Ohio for about a year and a half, and then I moved to California. For almost seven years, I didn't even know that cricket was being played here. Nobody kind of like, I mean, there was no exposure, there was no talk, there was no news or nothing at all, until I had an accidental meeting with a gentleman in a pizza parlor, and we kind of like started talking, and that's when he kind of like introduced me to the Woodley grounds and cricket being played here to SCCA. So... I got kind of like more and more into playing the game at that point. And as Dennis uh, mentioned in my introduction, I kind of like got more and more involved, not only in the playing side, but in the managerial side or the executive positions kind of a thing. So I became treasurer, vice president, and then president. So after I finished my presidency, they wanted me to continue, but I kind of like had some personal reasons also that I wanted to take a little bit of a break. Uh, because it's a big commitment and once I take on something, I'm 150% into it, kind of like, and I just wanted to do it for my kind of like a thing where I had to take a break uh, to focus a little bit more on my profession and things like that also. So I kind of like didn't continue as a president, but I'm still very much involved in SCCA, obviously. I'm still a director and everything. But when my friend introduced me to Masters, he started talking about it kind of like, and I said, you know what? This is something that kind of like is kind of like still upcoming on the horizon and it has got a lot of potential to kind of like build it up. Why don't we all kind of like put in our experience and kind of like work hard at kind of like building it up and taking it to the level at which it should be. So I wanted to play the game. Obviously, this was my opportunity to play in the second innings. So last year when we had this tournament in uh, in uh, Birna Park, uh, Smith Murphy Park, that is, uh, a team from Northern California came down and we had like only a triangular series, so to say, over here. But I played in the over 50 and I thought I performed pretty well and I even got the award for the 
best fielder in that. So say something that at, at my age, I'm 61 now, by the way. So I still kind of like give a little bit of a run for the money to the old 50, so to say. So I wanted to get more and more involved where I could not only play the game, but be involved in kind of like the managerial or the operational side also, executive side. So I, I, I kind of like jumped in completely and that was the thing. It was a twofold thing, like I said. It encouraged me to kind of like become more fit, uh, healthy, kind of like eating, working, uh, exercising. I do yoga, meditation on a regular basis, uh, breathing exercises and everything. So that helps me a lot. And I just wanted to kind of like, the way I, in fact, one of my school friends was asking me the other day and I just mentioned it and I'll share it with you. I look at it as kind of like two things, paying back and paying forward. Paying back is kind of like paying back to the community, the cricketing community that is mainly, and kind of like helping kind of like take this to the next level where people in my age group, in our age group, so to say, are able to kind of like continue to play the game and paying it forward is to create pathways for youngsters and giving them better opportunities and something to look forward to. People who are in their 30s, 40s, whatever, they will have something to look forward to when they turn 50 and 60 also. So kind of like just building that pathway to that. So I look at it as paying back and paying forward. I think that's a very good idea because most of us, when our playing days are over at age 30 or something like that, we just go to the bar and drink beer and sit down. <coughs> Sorry. And our, we don't do very much otherwise as far as exercise is concerned. So this is something that I think is a very good idea. I hope it prospers. And I look forward to seeing you when you come to Houston and you're in Sugarland. Just give me a shout. Um, Dennis, earlier I will give my number. And you can, you can sit down, look at your pers- perspectives, and see where we go from there. Because this is a very good idea for all of us who after reach a certain age so that we can put a little more in life. And not only think that, well, this is the end of it, you know. Exactly. Very good, very good and novel idea. And I really want to commend you on that. And I hope it takes up, pick up some, pick up some steam as we go along the way. So um, good luck to you. And um, let me know, let us, uh, I'm sure, Dennis Henley, I'm going to invite you back to the show so you can give us some some um, the nature of the nature and scope of your endeavor and see of how many more teams and old men as I would say you can gather back into the game. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate your wishes and blessings and we definitely need more support from everybody playing, non-playing, everything. So I'll look forward to meeting with you and connecting with you in Houston when I'm there. And uh, just on that same note, kind of like obviously to sustain uh, like a, a service growth model, which is a non-profit, it's very, very difficult. You know that. We all know that. So we are always looking for supporters, sponsors who can, you know, help the financially kind of like to kind of like take it to the next level as well because all this obviously kind of like can 
not sustain itself on an ongoing basis with just the contribution from the members from tournament to tournament. So we were lucky to get the farmers insurance to sponsor our event here in July last year. And uh, we are reaching out to other people also. So we will kind of like obviously in return, give them the visibility and the coverage that is deserving by way of uniform uh, logo placements mm -hmm. or uh, displays on the scoreboards. Or we, By the way, we have live streaming of our games as well. So that gives us a lot more exposure globally also, if anybody kind of like is interested. So we are looking for mutually beneficial business relationship with sponsors individually or corporate sponsors. So that that's the only way it can really kind of like go to the next level. And on that same note, the tournaments that we do, we generally have like an opening ceremony. We have the banquet. We have like uh, the award distribution and the closing ceremony. So we do it all very tastefully, very classy events. And uh, we kind of like try to make it a memorable experience for anybody and everybody who comes to our events. So uh, and I will invite you to Houston. Uh, we have a banquet on uh, the Saturday evening. So please join us over there. That will give you a first-hand feel for what I'm talking about. So. Okay. 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 Do you have any affiliation with the United States Cricket Association? Yes, USA Cricket has okay. officially recognized and endorsed our organization to, okay. to develop the game within U.S. and to select the teams for international games as well. Okay. All right. Thank you. Gentlemen, gentlemen, we have uh, just a couple of minutes when we have to move on to the next section in our program. And before I thank Mihir for joining us, I have one point that I'd like for him to clarify. When the over 60s and 50s go off to Australia, I take it that each individual member of the team are paying their own way and to the, you know, on, on this trip. So can you just confirm that, or is there some sort of a sponsorship program there where they get paid? Right. So as it stands right now, each member who will be selected in the squad and who will be joining on that trip will be contributing out of their own pocket. But that is where okay. I was mentioning that we need sponsors to help us with conducting tournaments domestic as well as be part of international tournaments because it is going to be a heavy kind of like load on the pocketbook for all of us who will be traveling. Uh, Australia is not inexpensive, as we all know. Uh, so it will be a, a, a big chunk that will be going out. So we are looking for sponsors and actively looking for individual and corporate sponsors. And in return, we will kind of like give them the exposure that is deserving of that. So, yes. Thank you so much, Nihir. I want to thank you for coming and sharing with us the news of this wonderful organization for those in the second innings, as you call it. And by way of thanking you, I think I have a couple of quotes that I believe I can um, ascribe to you. I suspect you might correct me if I'm wrong, but I know somewhere in your writings you've indicated that excellence is A, caring more, risking more, dreaming more, and expecting more. And it sounds to me like those are really great uh, uh, things that we should be looking forward to. And it shows your vision and that you're a visionary when it comes to 
thinking about life and forward. And the last thing I'd like to say is, according to me here, despite all the problems and challenges, that there is always something to be grateful for and look forward to. Those are not my words. Those, I believe, are me here with own words. Thank you so much for coming, and we hope you will just give us your final thoughts before we move on to our next section of the program. Thank you once again, me here. Thank you, Dennis. I just wanted to uh, take a minute and say uh, I'm really, uh, it's my pleasure to be back on the show again, be kind of like a part of this uh, wonderful talk show that we have here, the cricket show. Uh, so thank you, Leon. Uh, thank you, Dennis, again for the invitation. And uh, it was wonderful chatting with all the listeners and the panelists and everyone. Uh, looking forward to kind of like uh, listening to more and more episodes and good luck to, with this show as well. May it be very long running and successful as it has been. And uh, again, a pleasure. And I will look forward to coming back after a few months, whenever kind of like the opportunity arises to share some of the progress that we have made. And maybe who knows, there might be some more things on the horizon at that time that we can talk about. But uh, it's absolutely my pleasure and an honor to be on the show. So thank you for the invitation. I really appreciate it. Right. Come back thank and you. tell us about Australia. Oh, absolutely. Done deal, for sure. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll get you there. Thank you so much right. for coming. We hope right. you can continue listening in the background. We yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm, going to, I'm going to continue listening in. And if, if there's anything where I can participate, I'll participate also. So. Okay. Thank you nope. so much. We look forward to it. Leon, thank you. back to you. Yes, thank you so much, Dennis, for that wonderful interview. And we just hope and pray that all the folks out there would have enjoyed it as much as I do. Just want to announce that Audley won't be with us this evening, and um, his list could not be found. So we'll go right ahead. We'll just pump up music. Well, at this time, we usually bring the water and the birthday and anniversary hour. So we invite each and every member of the panel who is the loved ones, their friends, their well-wishers around the world, they can do so first. just want to just take the opportunity to invite, um, firstly, Donna. Donna, why don't you come on in? You know, you're waiting long. It's, I, I owe you one. Come on in. Your birthday is... Yes, hello, 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 hello. Hello, so, ma'am. I have... Hi, Donna. Hi, how are you doing? Good night to all the panelists, to Dennis, to... And you can't forget Virgil. Thank you. But we don't forget Virgil yeah. because he is in a bad mood this evening. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, but go oh. ahead. Talk to us. Hmm. On Saturday, the 12th, it's going to oh. be my sister-in-law's birthday, Angelique Hendrickson-Brown. So I just want to yeah. shout out on her birthday. Wednesday night, I have a cousin in England. I have a sister, Shirley. Mm-hmm. She'll be celebrating on the ninth. I also have another cousin, and now she'll be celebrating on the ninth. And then I have a great niece, Rosario Brown, who'll be celebrating on that same Wednesday. So I want to send greetings to all of the celebrants and hope that they will have a wonderful day. 
You 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 know Murchis is on with us too, so why don't you say hello to her? Oh, hello Murchis! I didn't realize you were there. Good evening, Murchis. And who else did I miss? Well, you you, you call everyone, but I thought we might have sent Murchis to sleep because we're talking oh. too much cricket. So, okay. <laughs> anyway, thank you for those, Charlene and Angelique. You said they were. And how yeah, about you, Virgil? Mm. Go ahead. Charlene and Angelique, Virgil. I, I'm making note. Virgil, come on in. Make sure you say hello Virgil. to them. Virgil, going to bed too? I'm, no, I'm here, but I'm, I'm just waiting for someone because they're trying to get on um, the website. They can't, so I'm going to call them so at least they can hear me wish them a happy birthday. So let somebody else go in front of me, and then I'll come after. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Jetin has left us. Yeah, okay. Jetin has left us. But I yeah. want to take this opportunity to wish a great and happy birthday to my sister-in-law over there in London, England, Beverly. He's, it's her birthday today, and I think she's being spoiled like a queen or treated like a queen by my nephews, nieces, and of course my brother Lloyd. So happy birthday to my sister in law beverly heath over there in london england tomorrow i have a niece down there in your neck of the woods leon florida uh, oh. who has a birthday as well tiffany Heath has a birthday tomorrow so those two people i want to wish happy birthday to thank you so much that's my turn and i bring give it back to you leon how about you, Mr. McKenzie? Any birthdays? Or yes, any I have my, my very best friend, college mate, and everything like that. My cricket captain, he, his birthday was on the fifth. That's Mr. Harrison. He's he's now really, he's not, he's up in Toronto for the moment before he goes back to Jamaica next month. So I just want to extend extend my best best wishes to him. I hope he'll have many more happy birthdays. What is his first name? What is his Sorry. first name, Mr. Harrison? This is for this month. Okay, what is his first name? Do you have his Burley, first name? Burley, B-E-R-L-E-Y. Burley, okay. Burley Harrison. Burley Harrison. Okay, Burley anyone else? No, that's anyone about else? it for now. And okay. so back to you, sir. Okay, we're waiting for virtue, virtual guests, but in the meantime, in between time, did you say all yours? You sent all yours, Dennis? Yes, I have sent all my birthday greetings for this particular period of time. One Dennis. more time for Dennis. So, Virgil, Virgil, come on in. Come on in once, then, Dennis. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, here, I'm here. I'm here. Um, yeah, I just, I just want to say um, he's here listening on the phone. Happy birthday um, to Rakim. Um, Charlton, who celebrated his 13th birthday on Friday, which was Friday was the 4th, and I just want to wish him all the best, and just a happy, happy belated birthday. Uh, he's trying to get on, but somehow he did not get, he did not get on to listen it on the internet, so. Well, just remember yeah. that Thank if you. he's using Google Chrome, um, Virgil, Google Chrome, or he should use www. The blog talk radio dot com slash the cricket show. That way oh, if I, you I, leave I, out 
I send that to him, so he's trying again. All right. Take care. Okay. Just that did. Back to you, Leon. Back to you, Leon. Okay. So for all who are happy, having birthdays and significant occasion, we just want to just take this opportunity to just wish you all well and hope that you live to have many more birthdays and we trust that you'll be blessed with good health and prosperity. God bless all of you. And okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry, let, 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 let me just say it again because he just told me he just get on. So I just want to wish Rakim Charlton a happy, happy belated 13th birthday. And that means you're getting a big boy and now you got to start behaving like a big boy. And just want to wish him all the best on his 13th birthday and many more to come. Happy birthday, Charlton. Uh, Rakim is his name as well. Rakim Charlton? Yes. Rakim Charlton. Yes, and we want to just take opportunity to wish Angelique and Charlene and Beverly and Tiffany and Colin Mays and Mr. Barry Harrison. I uh, hope I have that one right. I just want to Burley, wish them all. Burley, B-E-L-E-R-Y. Burley. Burley. Oh, B-E-R-L-E-Y. Okay. B-E-R-L-E-Y. Burley Harrison. Burley Harrison. And, of course, we just That's want to take time out to, time out to wish the family and friends of the late Mr. Mac Morris. Eastern Mac Ooh. Morris. Mr. McKenzie played with him, but... Um, no, I, you, I played against him once. I played against him once. You know, him ah, there, you, there you go. I know uh-huh. I had something. But anyway, <laughs> with that said, let me just play this song by Byron Lee and the Dragonaires and wish everybody well on their birthday. Happy birthday to you all, and we wish you well. Hope you guys will be blessed with this occasion and live to see many more days of joy, happiness, good health, and God bless you all. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy
Happy birthday to all of you who are celebrating birthdays. I hope you hear this song. Just want to remind the folks that next Sunday's show will begin at 3 p.m. instead of 6 p.m. As you know, it's the Super Bowl weekend, and we usually take that time off for all the panelists to watch the game. So enjoy the game next week. But before you go under the game, remember we are on from 3 until 6 instead of 6 until 9. So bear that in mind. And there we end this segment of that. Okay. We wish everybody well. Okay, as we were saying now, we are going to just continue. Gentlemen, what is wrong with Mr. Langer? Langer has resigned from Australia. And it is said that he has refused an enormous sum of money um, as a raise. But they have only given him, given him a six-month extension of his contract. Anyone wants to pick it up? Or, uh, Dennis? No, I think I need some additional information on that one, uh, Leon. I know I've heard yeah, well, you see uh, if there is some, something and, uh, that is going on in the Australian care because you, you only give this guy um, a six-month extension. And the guy just brought <laughs> home the ashes. For help, Roger. Go ahead. Is is this is this the same um, coach that I heard who had set up moved on to to coach another team, foreign team? I'm I'm not sure that I, I'm no, getting no, no. all the information. Is, is the head coach for Australia? Okay. Oh, and he just okay. found the ashes and he seemed and they've given him and they have just given him he he refused um a huge sum of monies as as a, a bonus and he refused it because he said that they were a number of his fellow um backroom staff were being retrenched. And he right. couldn't see himself taking that sum of money, and these guys are out of work. But there must be something be much more than that, because what happens is that um, it is rumored that he has a bad temper. I don't know if he he he, he just throw down some table in the dressing room, and those guys have to come to attention. I don't know if you anyone one heard that news, but he is as a result of that. I think he, he Someone well, wants, if you have any if you have any more details we'll be happy to to hear it, Leah, because yeah. that seems so that seems so very much out of whack with everything we know. I mean Australia's just completed a, a, a dynamic series against their dreaded or their number one enemy in the Ashes series, you know, literally beat the pop out of England and even in the women's series the women's series, the Australian women seems to be having 
the upper hand, although they're not completely overwhelmed, the English women, but they're having the upper hand right now. So it strikes me that for them to only give this gentleman, this coach, a short six-month extension means there might be uh, where there's smoke, there's fire, as the saying goes. So I guess we need to follow this one up to see if we can uh, get some more information on what's going on. But I see another article just came out saying that he apologized for being too intense in his resignation letter. So maybe whatever he, he said in that letter was was not nice, and that's why they, they give him that short extension. But for a guy to have um, given you the ashes and, of course, the World Cup, uh, it, it's not a, a nice you know, the thing to go out on. But thank you. It's not a nice thank you. Not a nice thank you. I just give you two big tournaments and you are just going to let me down like that. But anyway, let that be. Well, come, come the 12th and the 13th, the IPL would be opening up to the auction. And the news out is that Jaffa Archer, you know who is Jaffa Archer, gentlemen? Jaffa Archer is the West Indian born fast bowler for, that played for England. He was not slated to be involved in the draft. But now his name is appearing there. What do you think might have prompted him and England to release him to be involved in the draft? And do you think, gentlemen, anybody from the Caribbean will be you know, drafted apart from Pollard, you know, Pollard and um, Ryan and Russell already gotten their contracts, but anybody else you, you may want to share, so just can you just I, I bring think, the deal? I, I think you can expect the West Indies vice captain to be in the mix as well. You mean Puran? 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 No. West Indies vice yeah. captain. That's um, him? That's yeah. Jason Holder? Black, Black, Blackwood. I think Blackwood will oh. be in the mix. I'm not, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure of that, though. I don't know if anybody believes yeah. that Blackwood would get a would get a contract, but I believe Holder would definitely get a contract. Yeah, Holder should have a tra- contract out there. Uh, you no, know, I, I, I think, I think English goes in the ranks now because they have a vast field of players to choose from. So I think they're going to involve more of their players and pick up a couple fillings from the other countries. But but that's how I see. I'm asking about the West Indian players though, for 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 but sure because Leon, you know Leon, I, it it it's odd because not so long ago we brought news that uh, um we had news that Jaffra Archer was going to be having some surgery. And he was oh, yeah. oh, yeah. un, unavailable till the end of July. Mm-hmm. So either the surgery has been cancelled or he's had the surgery and his progress has been remarkable. And England would release him if that's the case because they want him to go and exercise those arms in something like the IPL in order to get back to England for their series. So no, I, but I, I, England had been in the West Indies a couple of months' time, so probably might be, he might want to come out with them. 
Well, it's un- probably unlikely because he's not been playing for a number of, what, months and a number of matches and series. And he was having these surgeries. He's had the surgery before and it was due to have another group or another round of surgery. So England probably are not willing to take the chance with him because he hasn't played cricket for so long. So they would be quite happy to release him to go and, as they say, get a workout in something like the IPL because he would have to go through his motion, bowling, run-up, and so on, to see if that arm, that surgery was successful. So I can understand why England would say to him, all right, yes, you can go, but uh, because they want to follow his progress. The question is, he was due to be out until July. So what has happened between the last time we had information and the fair, you know, the latest information that Leon is sharing with us. Yes, some 590 players are booked in, to be involved in that belated uh, that draft, which will occur around about the, 11, the 12th and the 13th uh-huh. of February. So yeah, 590 worldwide. Worldwide, but of course, I think the lion's share of that will obviously be uh, from Indian national. Very likely, we'll have maybe 60 to 70 um, international players being involved, I would imagine, rather than uh, a lot of international, because India has a tremendous amount of talent in their own. In fact, did I not hear news of one or two of the young under-19 players who performed so well, I'd heard that they were making themselves available for the IPL draft. So I, I'm not sure exactly how that will go namely, down. Namely, but namely, from the Caribbean or from India? No, from India. I think they oh, played yes. so well. And, and they're, they're under-19, so they're not really affiliated with any um, big-name teams or, or, or clubs other than their clubs in India. But having played so well in the under-19, they are now uh, supposedly um, making themselves available for the draft. Whether or not they'll get picked up is is another matter. But obviously, they must have heard the whispers and somebody must have said something in their ears to give them the impression that their talents have been recognized. So we will see what happens because, you know, when we watch the final... The Indians, young under-19 play, a marvelous group of young men, talent galore, and of course, they, you know, they, they have a lot to offer and to teach the rest of the cricketing world. Congratulations to, to, to their, um, their team for winning this Youth World Cup for the fifth time. Back to you, Leon. Yes, indeed. Thank, thanks for that. But word out, the Dennis and panelists. They are shooing, I understand that they are shooing into the various franchises because India wants to get these players involved right away. So don't be surprised if more than 10 of them were to be given contracts. And I was was just concerned about whether or not um, Holder will get contracts. It will be, I think, think, uh, the young guy out of Guyana. Uh, the, the Odin Smith. Smith, Odin Smith, and not only Odin Smith, well, but 
But of course, Hetmeyer, I believe, will get a contract, although he will have to do something about his weight. And of course, you know, all, all around, he's also likely to be involved too. He's talking about it already after having won a man of the match the other day, you know. So he, he's, um, we're looking forward to see. I hope that they won't lose their way like some of the past players and, 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 forget, and forget where they came from. So that is my concern. I'd love to see them make money and the West Indies have set aside a window for the players to come on. So that was the background from on you guys. Simon, can you come on in? I hear... Yes, and a very good evening to you, Mr. President. I was listening to you for a bit. And I'll say good evening to you, Mr. Leon. And Dennis, good evening. Cardinal, oddly good evening to you, Virgil, Mr. Patel, Jetner, Ivor Henry, Mr. Mackenzie. Haven't heard from him for a while. Okay, I ask about you every night. I want to say a very hearty good evening. I hope everyone had a wonderful week last week, and we're looking forward to a much better week this week. And I want you and all your family to be safe. Okay, your Thank question you, to the family, Simon. Okay. I'm ready for you now. Uh, we have a test player called Ron Marsh. I have a two-part question. Uh, he was a wicketkeeper. And uh, why don't you tell me how many dismissals he had in his career? Test dismissal, test. And which country he played for? Two parts to the what, question. Could you repeat his name? Name Rod, Rod Marsh. Rod, Rod or Ron? Rod, it's not, yeah. Rod it's not Rodney Marsh. Rodney, Rodney Marsh. Marsh. Mm-hmm. Rod Marsh. Oh. Yes. Oh, he's Australian. Australian, yeah. yeah. Now, okay. How much? How many dismissal he had? How many test wickets? I, I think he got about 102 wickets. 110 okay. wickets he got. Yeah, dismissals, right? Dismissals. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you, Mr. McKenzie. <coughs> I, I, I say 565 dismissal, Australia. Okay, thank you. Mr. President. Who is next? Who is next? Gentlemen, if you have your what? radio on what? at the background, it's, it's kind of um, interfering with the reception. So please, kindly, can you just turn it down for us? Okay, I I think um, Marsh dismissal three hundred and fifty, and he's Australian. Okay, thank you so much, Dennis. I didn't hear Virgil. Virgil knows all the answers. Mm-hmm. He's co- he's copying. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's looking at his computer. Yeah, I'm gonna go. He said two hundred fifty, so I'm gonna go five above him. I said two fifty-five. Okay, thank you very much. I'm a gambler, Australia. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And um, Ivo is with us. Ivo with us? No. Hello? Ivo? No, he's not. No, he's okay. not, um, Simon. Okay, what about Cardinal? No, he's not either. Okay. Okay, should I reveal my answer, Mr. President? Should I reveal yes, my answer? Go ahead. Go ahead, Simon. Okay, Ron Marsh. 
played for Australia, don't know which province he's from, and he had test dismissals, 355 dismissals. Wow. Uh, that answer for today, 6th of um, February 2022. So we learned some things tonight. Yes, and um, two of you, one was close, one was right on the button. Okay. Unfortunately, uncle, uncle was right, uncle. Yeah, yeah. you said 355. You were right. Yeah, and, uncle. Uh, I think Mr. McKenzie said 350. But did my, my uncle give me that answer? Okay. <laughs> now you're All disqualified. Right, you're disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't do that. But let's hear from Jetsna. Jetsna, good afternoon. Hold on while they're Dennis. Then Jetsna. Yes, we are saying congratulations on a big win yesterday. Um, did you oh, do thank you, thank you. Did yes, you have did. the team? <laughs> Happy you for them. Them? Yeah, you have them, right? Go ahead now, um, Simon. Why don't you continue? No, I said I was, I was finished the question. I just want to say good evening to Jetna for coming on the show. And I didn't hear Mr. Um, Patel. No, he was on earlier, but he's not okay. Okay. okay, I got you. I got mm-hmm. you. Okay, my turn now. You'll give me my question. I know you're going to give me a very hard one. Mm-hmm. A hard Leon, one? Leon, maybe, maybe, oh. maybe we can ask Leon. Maybe we can ask Juxna to give him a question because we, she, we missed her on the, um, she was on, on the original that. question. Go ahead, Juxna. No, we, I popular request. Juxna, a question for Simon. Question. Anything on cricket? Could even be one. <laughs> Anything <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, uh, I know you're going to give me a hard one. Like how many balls in and over? I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, how about how many players in one team? <laughs> okay. On the field at the one time, right? Well, usually yeah. they travel with about 15 or 16 players, but on the field at one time, only 11 players on one side and two from the other side. So I say 13 on the field at the same time, 13 players on the field at the same time, because now they oh. don't have any runners anymore. They said that has been stopped. They don't have any runners. So I'll say 13, Jet now. Leon, we want an umpire. Leon, we want an umpire. How did Simon get 13 players on the field at one time? Uh, because we have 11 players on the field, and then they have yes. two bowlers. Um, from each end. That would make... How many... No. Oh, well, on, Simon. Simon. Are you including your men? You, you have two batsmen, and you yes. have 11 players on the field. No, no. The question, Simon, was how many players are allowed on a team at one time on the field? How many players are allowed? Yes. You yeah. mean uh, two players? Two? Two? For the team, each team. Okay, two two batsmen and eleven players, eleven fieldsmen. 
I think Simon's still missing the point here. Okay. Simon, listen to the question carefully. How many players yeah. from each team yes. are from the team is allowed on the field at any one time? Yeah, I gave you. I said two two batsmen and eleven players from the other side. Ah, but you see, <laughs> yes. Well, you're passing the question. I think they would probably give you a a, a D minus on that one, Simon. Why is that? The, because right. only 11 players can take the field at any one time. Okay. We see, you we're mean, not you mean to come on the field? From each team. Each team is only allowed 11 players at any one time on the field. Yeah. So, okay. that, you know, that, that would mean if they're all on the field at the same time, it has to be one team, and that is 11 from any one team at any one okay. time. You are right. You can have 15 but only 11 can take the field at any one time. I get you. And what about the two oh. men from the other side? You don't count those well, as players? Yes, but they're not on one team if you follow the logic. The logic is how yes, many Yes, that was the part team. that I missed. That confused. Yes. You're right. You're right. I stand corrected. Yes. Now you <laughs> see why we come on the show to learn so much. Uh, thank you so much, Jetner. <laughs> that was a very good question. Very good. Very good question, because I wasn't thinking the way you were thinking. I was thinking how many players on the field totally. Oh, yeah, two totally, batsmen, yes. seven players. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. No, you're yeah. right. You phrased yeah. right. your question right. I got, in, I got it wrong. Thank you so much All for right. that correction, and I learned something tonight. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah. All right. That was, that was a very good question, Jetna. Very good. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. And guys, the, the England ladies are in Australia playing. The question for Simon, what is the com- composition of the matches that are played in a women's Ashes tournament? Composition, Leon? Composition what of do you the mean? matches that are the type or the format of games. Oh, you mean? Means. You mean? You mean the, the name composition. of the series? No, no, the composition of the formats that are being played in the mm. Women's Ashes tournament. I have to tell you, I'm stumped because I don't quite read that one. The format, the format, are they playing all test matches? Are they playing oh, all okay. T20s? Are they playing all... ODIs, okay. I'm asking Simon right. before you guys go, what are the, the formats that are being played in the okay. Ashes series, the women's Ashes series? I got in it. The men, I have it. In the men, what they play? Do you know what they play in the men? The men's series? Gentlemen, no, anyone no, know? I have no ideas. No, no idea. They just got, Simon, they just completed that last week. I just completed oh, okay. it recently. Okay, okay. Let's, no, no. Let's see if I wasn't following that. I wasn't. I'm not up on that. The big T. Okay, well, so somebody tell him then. What well, about Miss Kevin? The clue, the big, the big, the big. I'm asking for the women. They, they, uh, they played four. They played four test matches, 
and the ladies filling with one. That makes it five matches to complete the Ashes series. No, the question is, Mr. McKenzie, what are the formats that are being played the in women's Ashes okay. series? The women, they're playing T20s and ODIs. ODI, ODIs only. Wrong answer. No, the ladies play Wrong ODIs answer. only as part of, as an adjunct. For the test matches that the men played. No, wrong answer, Mr. S- Mr. McKenzie. <coughs> one try, and then you uh, come on, try one I'm more time. Them. No, <laughs> did you say one one um, ODI? One ODI? Mm. No, no, not one. You said what? What, what did you say, Miss Simon? Simon, what's your answer? No, I said I didn't have an idea. Okay. The Women's Ashes Series consists of one test match, three ODIs, and three T20s. They were played between January 20th and February 8th. The first one was won by Australia. The first T20 was won by Australia by nine wickets. The second was drawn with no result. The third, the match was abandoned. So as a result of that, the T20 series was won by Australia, one match to nil. The test match match which was played in the middle of it was drawn, and it was a very excited encounter. We discussed it last week, or the week before, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, and then they're in the process now of doing having the ODIs. The first was won right. by Australia by 27 runs. The second, um, well, I didn't. I think they won it by five wickets today. Yes, yeah, Australia by won five, by five wickets. Five wickets today, and the next one is to and be played on the eight. So England. Yeah. Let me ask a question. There's a topic fomenting in our uh, between Australia Don't and and particularly if women should play test cricket. Well, no, let me just, let, let's confine ourselves to this question. Okay, okay. Move on, move on, move on. I was sharing this course for the women. Okay, but I'm just making the point that they not only play test cricket in this in the Ashes. Right. They play all three formats. Anybody know? Okay. And you, no. you, you siphon an offer that now for women to play test cricket too. You heard that? Uh, Give us some news. Australia and England discussing if they should play test cricket. Why would they not play test cricket? But how? Uh, what, what format will that be? Would that play? Uh, would they play the two innings each? Yes. Why? Why should it be? Di- why should it be different? And, and how, how many days? What one? Five one, days. One, five days. One one what one one camp said four days. They they currently play four days, Max. But we are arguing that it should be five. For women. Yes. yes. Why not? Ah. Uh, okay. 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 I don't know where they are going with that discussion, 
what is being fomented in Australia and England at the moment. Wait, Mark, Mark, if 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 you had well, let me put it this way: the discussion of late had been that the women's matches were not going to the kind of conclusion that was reflective of the game mm-hmm. because. Day four days was certainly not enough to get uh, to get a result. Okay. So okay. The, the the complaints from the women's side of the fence is that they need that extra five day extra that extra day the fifth day because if there are any distractions or delays such as rain, then it gives them the opportunity to get more games in. Unlike okay. the last test where rainy caused a delay and certainly they lost about a full day and the test match was very, very exciting. And had there been a fifth day available, they could certainly have had a result. So the talk is women's matches should be five days, not four. Okay. Thank you, Neil. Thank you. Okay. Simon. The yes, I'm listening. Question I'm to listening you. to you. We discussed, we discussed the under-19 the World Cup. Do you have any idea how, the, how, where the West Indies finished in that tournament? Oh. <laughs> I, I, just, as, just as Mr. McKenzie says, oh, all the way to the bottom. <laughs> how about you, Virgil? Do you know your in Antigua? Virgil? Is he with us? Let me see if he's, he's muted. But anyway, now Virgil is I not. I think he's probably gone. He's, he's gone. gone. <laughs> and when he drops, he, he has to be brought back in. Uh, I think he. I think he went to tea. Uh, okay, let's let's bring back Mr. Um, Jatin is back with us. And Jatin, where did the Westerners finish in the on the 19th? World Cup, what position? West Indies, they were nine top eight, so should be, I think they played for the 13 or 14 spot. I thought, I thought they finished higher than that. Let me see. West Indies, under-19, they played last game against... Uh, United Arab Emirates, I think it was. Oh, yes, it was. you're right. Yeah, it may be 9 or 10 spot. You are right. 9 yeah. or 10 in, spot. 11, 11 yeah. spot. 11 out of 16. Ah, okay. Okay, okay yeah, now we know. The Pakistan mm-hmm. played for the fifth spot, so West Indies should be 9 spot. Okay. Means yeah. nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's the tournament okay. they played at the playoff yes. side. Okay. Um, well, uh, before you go, Mr. President, a quick question. Uh, I had I didn't see the matches. Uh, do you see any prospects in the nineteen to make a test side for West Indies? To cover the eleven? Oh, come on, man! I don't think there's anything to think about. Okay. Ma- Nothing to write about. I get Simon, Simon, Simon go ahead. I, I, I will take the opportunity to say to Mac, um, all was not completely lost for the West Indies. There are some 
uh, players. In fact, the, the, the major fact that we had 11 players who were able to compete in the world tells us that we have players, but they're perhaps not all up to the standard of the Indians and the Australians and the English. However, I understand you. I understand. Of the, yeah. of the 16 players we selected, there are certainly at least five or six who, with further coaching and development, as Coach Jatin will tell you, are quite capable of making the jump into okay. EPL and above. So I uh, thank you so much. Matt. Thank you. You are very yeah. optimistic. Very optimistic. I don't <laughs> see anything coming out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, Brother Max. Thank you. Jatin, we were, we, were, we were a little concerned about the Brock um, resignation of, of Langer. He was retained for a short period, but he, he, he offered his resignation. Did they ask him to do so? And did you hear why, why Jaffa Archer is now included in the 590 member who is seeking to become a player in the IPL? These things nowadays are crazy, hard to believe, because does not have any proper protocols or procedure, and you can hear all this sort of news. Sometimes they say his player is injured, but reality, we know that they are doing well somewhere else. You know, they may not be hundred percent fit. Same thing on coaching. It's a very tense, fragile uh, trade, I will say, international cricket. No one knows which head coach will last how long unless they have the good political connection and contract. Let me say openly that statement. Otherwise, this can be up. But lately, Langer made the two things as a surprise. Number one, I think, Leon, you sent me about his uh, bonus mm -hmm. or some money or something, yeah. and he was uh, he passing information <laughs> about his uh, uh, coaching squad, means the assistant coaching and support staff, which helps the game itself. And then uh, all of a sudden that uh, we hear that he resigned. And at the same time, there is a rumor came out immediately that uh, England is interested in his head coaching job. So yes. it is like very hard to say whether he was forced to resign, I will say, or he was uh, ex out before it can be taken off from the roster from Cricket Australia. Or maybe he has stepped out because he's looking at different opportunity. It's very hard to say, but I will say Truth always prevails. We just wait for the time to see what exactly is happening. But yes, it is shocking. And I will say, looking at the statement came out from, I believe, Ricky Ponting, that this is the disappointment that the Cricket Australia is letting go Justin Langer. Now, with this statement, I will say, there is a something going on between Coach and Cricket Australia. Otherwise, such statements will not come out when it says it's a disappointment, but let it go, coach. means there's a something on the board side. Mm -hmm. And we don't know, as we say. We are just uh, 
taking our uh, readings from the news we got from internet and it's our opinion exactly in my opinion i will say that's a clue there's a something going on maybe the financial terms or the contract renewal or something related to team and uh, maybe that has triggered unhappiness and when person is in discomfort it says you know what here you go i'm walking away and i'm going to look for the better day for tomorrow yeah i hear rumor that he has he has a, a bad temper and secondly I think they only offer him a short-term contract. And the language he used, it wasn't made public, but it seemed as if he didn't meet their, their expectation. And he probably must say, well, listen, you, you, you got to go. You got to get over here, brother. But uh, that's my... my so it looks like my the money is a I don't mm-hmm. care whether it's a contract, terms, whatever it is, but I will say... There's a something related to directly or indirectly on money side. That's what I can think about it with these all different things we are reading on the Internet. The next big news, gentlemen, is that Australia is due to tour Pakistan for the first time in 24 years. What a, what a. What a joy. Yeah. What a pleasure. Australia Ooh. going in. India is going to follow suit, too. Right, I don't think so. Not now. Not not, not <laughs> no time. I doubt Stop. it on that one. <laughs> I mean, India, India trip to Pakistan is in the hands of the government, let me tell you. It's That's not right. cricket bodies right. or ICC <laughs> or we. It's, it's the government. <laughs> I, I would have thought that with Khan as in, in Pakistan, I, and he played cricket, I thought it would be more inviting for for that first segment to take place, but they seem to still be at arm's length. I don't know what the hell going on over there. Well, you you see the the, the Pakistan uh, PSL, the Pakistan Super League, they're going on with with players from overseas as well. So it's going on without any interruptions. So it well, it's, a, it's, a Leon, it's good for the Pakistan. Think about it. It's a good for the Pakistan mm-hmm. that uh, at least at the moment they don't have opportunity to be in IPL. Otherwise, you see, read that statement from that uh, Fletcher, Zimbabwe Fletcher. He's mm-hmm. coaching in PSL. Now he's taking off the PSL just to attend an auction in IPL. How nice is that? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> What happens? <laughs> what happens if the player has opportunities to play? <laughs> you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, so my point else? is, when IPL comes, the priorities changes in everybody's head. It's not just players. Now we see the, you know, where we used to say in uh, English counties, what are the priorities about the county club or national side like that? And even in West Indies, we always have this issue about regional games or the national DT or the international T20s like that. And now we thought it was only a concern of the players, but now it's uh, going uh, next level. This is the coach position, and he's walking away. So now this this thing is like... Uh, to me, or in my opinion, within a couple of years, we're going to have a lot of shuffle going on in administration too, even at the coaching level and some 
like say batting coach, a consultant, bowling consultant, and if they, they are taking this, uh, uh, what do you call the switch over roles, middle of something, because IPL is giving you more or better services or whatever it is. And if, if we do it, then looks like uh, everything else beside IPL is a non-priority or maybe the secondary. Okay. Anybody else on that? Anybody? And this, you know, uh, it's seven, 590 players are being booked to participate in the auction. So what's going to happen? With, with, they only need about how many left? They they they're not going to use up all those players, and I I hope I hope Shepard Shepard is the guy from Jim uh, that I was looking for. He is she Hetmeyer, and I believe they'll give Odin Smith from the Caribbean, and of course Jason Holder. Those are the players, and Puran of course. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if they'll bring back Bravo. I don't know if they bring back Bravo, but. What do you think, Simon? No, Ask well, I'll, I'll go along with you experts, you and uh, Mr. Patel, and I'll say, well, it'd be a good chance that they would bring, in, bring him in because uh, they're leading, I'll say, prospects now for West Indies now. So I'll, I'll go along with you with that. And a lot of other uh, countries. Now, what is happening right. before you come in with a question? Over in Sri Lanka, if a player resigns and resigns from the other formats and just wanted to play the just to play in the IPL, they have to wait a six month period. That was one of the laws that they enacted. Anyone heard anything otherwise? Mm-hmm. We just we discussed it some time ago here, but we don't know whether or not it was enacted, but they came out and say, well, if you resign totally, you got to wait six months before you can get a contract over there, NOC. Go ahead. But if you resign, you retire from national. You shouldn't need that. But anyway, go ahead, Dennis. You were saying something? I think I was on the question of whether or not there'll be any West Indian in the draft. You know, at the moment, I'm not, I'm not sure if there are that yes. many West Indians who will actually I can get call, their Pollard. I can call it, but they have already been picked. Pollard, Narine, and Russell from the Caribbean are picked. Right, right. But those are you three. Have I mean, we have to call, let, 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 me call, let me call the ones that I know for sure are involved. You'd be surprised how many of the other players have put the name right. in the hat. Okay, you have yeah. Jace Boulder. Go ahead. You're saying, yeah. no, I'm saying. No, I'm just, I, I, I was asking, are you being specific about, there's a difference between putting their name in the draft and knowing that they will be picked up by their previous franchise. No, no. Well, that's the question I had asked. I don't know you. You. Nobody knows who's going to be picked up by the other team. Right. Nobody knows. And, and unless... I'm saying my 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 opinion is that I'm not convinced that there will be many West Indians in the IPL this season because yeah. not many of them have performed. 
Well, I call I call the, the the guys who I think will have a good chance, and maybe Rutherford. I say Jason Holder, Shepard, Odin Smith, um, Rutherford, and who else? Powell? I don't think. Who? I think Powell. I think Powell. 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 Rob and Powell will get in. Those are the ones Powell I believe. Poran might stand a chance. Yeah, Poran might might get back a chance too. Yes, he may get back a chance. I know Hetmeyer will probably will get back a chance too. So those are the mm. names I call, and I don't know for sure anyone else for sure, but you never know. Azari Joseph oh, may just speak in the in the window or see uh, sales. The young basketballer out of Trinidad may get a contract for what he did in the Lanka League. So Azari just went there too and he performed well. Azari is the leading um, ODI wicket taker for the last twelve months. I didn't know that was so. So who knows? They may just give him a knock. And Azari has a record in the. In the IPL of six wickets for tw- uh, six wickets for twelve runs, playing for Mumbai as a replacement. So who knows, Jatin? Jatin, you you're not telling us uh, how much is the is a contract worth in India for a top player like Virat Kohli and say uh, Sharma. They are the highest. Virat Kohli is the highest. Kiel Rahul is the highest right now. They are in the top two, I think. Yeah, Kiel Rahul and Kohli are top two. He's still in the, the Mumbai uh, Indian in the retaining contract, so he cannot get more than what it is in contract previously okay. assigned to him. What you're saying, Virat Kohli, how much is his contract worth? Can you tell us that, Jatin? I believe it's almost, uh, you need to divide that 16 times 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 zeros, and you need to divide by 75. That's a dollar currency. <laughs> that, those, those numbers, those numbers are too big for me. I went to teach him at school. Okay, I can come back. Yeah. yeah, but but Simon, you know that answer to the question: How much U.S. dollar is he worth for a contract? So I'm just Unless unless there is a one zero off, then it can be. But still, it's a twenty one thousand is a big thing, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any kind of crore Indian rupees. Yeah, oh. you to divide by seventeen. So there's like a, Virat Kohli is a sixteen crore in Indian rupees, mm-hmm. and then you have uh, I think seventeen crores to KL Rahul when he is moving from Punjab eleven to Lucknow franchise. And then there will be a mm-hmm. big boost for the Hardik Pandya from uh, going away from Mumbai Indian and signing uh, Ahmedabad, the new franchise. So that will be the biggest money making in this uh, IPL. And then uh, I will not be surprised if one of these young fellow from this recent Under-19 World Cup, especially in Indian team, 
get a big chunk because that's what happened in the last time when they won it in 2018. They had a grab six kids from that team, and one of the young fast baller was given a huge amount, which a lot of seniors don't even think about it. You know, so that's how they motivate and. Uh, uh, put the inspiration behind the youngsters, like they can do well if they perform well for the country, like that. But then, uh, looking in this uh, particular draft this particular year, it will be a lot of shuffle. The, the players who are not retained are uh, kind of limbo to me. Now, when they are not retained, means the particular franchise you played for last year is not going to give you more than they have on contract. That's the one thing. Otherwise, they could have retained the player easily without paying extra money. So that means that particular franchise is either looking for a better option or wants to keep you at lower money. That's the one situation. Number two, when something happens, the other franchise depends on the team chemistry and situation. They might offer better opportunity for you. That's another thing. The worst part, you know, most of the time, as we remember from the Chris Gell situation a few years back when he did not uh, get opportunity to be picked by two rounds. I think it went to the three round, and nobody wanted to pick him. And eventually, Punjab 11 put him in contract. But then in that situation, I will say the franchise will take advantage of the player situation based on the conditions and the performance. And most likely, they like to give you the longer contract, let's say three years, four years, but they will lock you at their choice of price, not the player's choice of price or expectation. Because if you go besides that particular option, then you don't have any opportunity. Other franchises are not even interested. Otherwise, they could have went through in a bidding. So looking at that one, this particular year, I will not surprise that a lot of West Indies players will be disappointed. Because the way I look at it right now, maybe five or six West Indies players are probably going to make it IPL. Others have to take the hurdle and get back. And the, the thing is, they always look for the last year's performance. That's number one. Then they will look for your current performances, which is, I will say, England-West Indies series was good one. Then what they do in India is also important because you have another game or I think another game before they go in auction. So that's the thing. And the third most important part, besides the money, is they look for the how much capable you are or what caliber you carry to come to this franchise team and willing to contribute or make the team in a winning combination like that. So in that sense, I will say West Indies players are good, in my opinion, when it comes hard eating or something. But then we got to look into the IPL is a highly competitive cricket it's not about just India, West Indies. They are bringing the talented players from all over the world. And that is the reason. I remember before we went for this uh, birthday session, Leon had a speak about uh, Jafra Archer, how he is included in the uh, 19th spot. And initially, I think everyone's uh, impression, like 
he may skip it. But why he still could? Because Jeff Archer did very well last year, and uh, I think he got a big name out of IPL, where uh, people realize that he is performing against a lot of international stars. And later, he started performing for England, and he's a game changer. He's a one of the all-rounder. I believe any team will take it at any time. Yep. And. Yeah, uh, Jason, how much is a roster for a franchise consist of? How many players are involved? I think it was 33 some time ago. Is it more than that or less than that? You mean total number of players in yes. the active yes. roster? In a, in a roster, I think yes. it's about 23 or 24, something like that. 23 or 24, okay. Yeah, they have 18, 19, I believe. I'm not sure on exact number, but I believe the chemistry they are using like a soccer you put like 18, 19 in a roster active, and then you have standby reserve and uh, other, which is six, seven. But the real money goes to, I will say, top 10 or 12. Okay. The rest of them are either bare minimum or playing with other conditions without money. And the, 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 the venues are in India. I hear there were talks about going to Sri Lanka, but I understand that is now confirm that the, the tournament will be taking place in Mumbai. Am I correct in, in saying that? It is right. And uh, like uh, ongoing India-West Indies series is uh, uh, what you call allocated to the two different locations. Ahmedabad is the first uh, phase where they're going to play the ODIs. And when it comes to the T20, they'll be switching to the another big ground, Calcutta. So they pick up the two venue for this international series. And in IPL, I believe they might go for just two cities. And that's mm. because normally they don't play more than two games on any given day. So it's good enough to have two cities and uh, putting uh, some teams in, uh, we call it the bio bubble, under like a kind of lockdown situation, don't have much flexibility for the players and staff to go around and do something. They have to be very close connected in a certain properties without much flexibility to meet and greet or see other people, that sort of thing. And in that sense, when you're trying to enforce uh, the virus-related situation, I will say three or four or five teams saying in, let's say, one city or one motel or something, it's easy to manage. Then you can have multiple cities involved. I will be surprised if they allow the spectators because this thing is there. It's still a risk is there. It's not completely over. And that is the reason that the current India-West Indies 50-year game is going without spectators right now. Mm-hmm. They don't allow spectators. And there were talks, there were talks about having a women's IPL? Is there any conclusion? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And the thing is, uh, if you track it down, the IPL, last three IPLs, including twice in the Middle East, I um, mean, Dubai and Sarja area, they always had a together from the women, and they usually play like an exhibition type. There's like a mini tournament between the three teams until two reach the final and go it. But uh, I believe there are heavily talks going on because at the moment for the woman, there's only uh, Australia's uh, uh, T20 version has the professional league for the woman. And 
IPL is a bit to put together a woman program. I'm not sure whether they're going to do it this year or not, but they are in a process to put together a program for the woman, and it will be parallel to the men's, and that can be a biggest boost for the woman cricket around the world because we all know that how that IPL men's cricket changed since the IPL started. It, it took like a couple of years to kickstart, but uh, later on, every year, it's uh, gaining the good momentum, and the cost is going higher, players are getting more money, and it's getting more professional, and with these uh, two more teams added this year, it, it, it will be, I will say, it's not stopping here. In the future, we might hear they are adding more teams, and I will not surprise to launch AIPL with about six or eight teams because India has the capable uh, squads because if you look at the women's side talent, they have it. Plenty of players in that country. So, as I said, I will not surprise if they launch the IPL with the six or eight franchise in women. Yes, and just to remind our listeners that the, the franchise, they have increased the number of teams from eight to ten. So, there's room for more players internationally and of course in India but you know India has to make sure that their team their players are developed in this format as well any other thoughts from anyone that we have overlooked that someone might want to bring come in can we come in close to the end we have just about 14 minutes left anyone else wants to raise any topic that we have not covered you see all the men are in India a woman playing South Africa, and our other 90 just concluded. What can you draw? What kind of inference is there from this? Because we have, we have them beat us, beat England 3 to 2 in the um, T20 matches. We haven't done anything. Our other 19 did very poorly. Our women are, not, are struggling in South Africa. We lost our first um, ODI against India today. So where are we? Yes, we 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 are, we are not performing well and, and cons- consistently. We just came off of a, a big victory against England, but we are home. Um, what can you say, Leon? Would you change? I, the pitch? I have what. His question. I have one. I have to know. Why don't you answer his question, Mr. Dennis Simon? Well, it's it's not really a question, but I I just wanted to comment on the um, the the India West Indies ODI uh, today, and and that brings me to point. You know, the West Indies performance was jaded and lackadaisic, but likely excuse is jet lag. West Indies reportedly arrived in India, then immediately quarantined for three days, followed by one day of practice before the ODI match started. So understandably, if that is the situation, or was the situation, I'm inclined to give them the benefit of the excuse for their poor performance. However, Skipper Pollard, Hope and Bravo must reflect and think very hard about their levels of productions for West Indies in these ODIs and T20 series. You know, because um, it's 
not clear how much time they players had to acclimatize and practice. And it's very possible that from the West Indies to India must have been an awfully long time sitting on an airplane. And yeah. so it is possible that they were really on, you know, out of it. So I'm going to give them a pass on this one. And I say we'll play the same team that we had for this first ODI and the second ODI. And that should be the defining one. Anyone who fails to produce in the second ODI should be thrown, well, to carry the waters for the rest of the thing. That, that was my comment, really. On, if, they, if, on that if, one. if they fail, we, we lose a series. At least we want, at least I... Personally, didn't believe they will win, but I think they will perform better. You know. Um, well, but anybody else wants? Of course. Hmm? No, go ahead. No, anybody else wants to jot um, in? Anyone wants to come in? Mr. Mackenzie, I think your question is that is it answered? Or Jatin, you you have anything to say? Why? Wait. Well, Jatin has covered it already. He tells you all about it. Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we cannot argue too much on this situation because nowadays the players fitness rest and the traveling yeah. time these are the three components yeah. are very important at the professional level they need to manage on their own because they are playing so much cricket year around yes. and they have to be prepared so if any professional player says it is a jet lag or did not get enough rest or something then i think they are not following the schedule yeah you know about the international schedule you know the travel time and you have to adjust yourself in terms of sleeping and rest it, it has nothing to do with it so you is like it is not something like old days where we used to have a test series and visiting team comes to your country, spend about month before they play even first test, including a couple of warm-up games. Those are days are gone. Nowadays, it's all about what? You land today, tomorrow morning you'll have the game. Because that is what the players want. So how you argue with that point, I don't get it. Okay. But what I want to see, Jatin and gentlemen, I want to see the captain stop listening to and reading the, the things that he doesn't have to read. The people are going to write, people are not going to like you all the time, and people will write what they want to write. All you got to do is perform and just leave them alone because they're doing their job. We want you, the captain, to do your job, and we'll be getting a better performance from all the players because when the head fails, Man, it's terrible thing to ask the other players to, 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 to do better. So let's hope that they, they bring it around. So, Mr. McKenzie, I hope that answers your question. Right? Yeah, uh, man, I think it'd be, you try to get to it, so I, I, I'm up, up to the side what you have given, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think we really have to look at the situation. However far we we should reach there. Should be okay. Simon, Leon, I can add something here. I can add something here for this particular West Indies uh, crop, we call it the group of players who are playing international. 
they have to learn from the legends like Tendulkar, Dravid, you can say, Srinarayan, Chandra Paul in West Indies, or Kumar Sangakara, Ricky Ponting. What is the common these guys have? If you look at it, they do not talk. They don't find excuse or argue. Mm-hmm. They let the accent speak with the performance. Yeah, and and it, it was a thrill to see how Virat Kohli played with the with with with, with the jammer. I, I thought there might have been a little friction, but there was none. He was playing like he he enjoyed himself, although he got out with with a with a he was worked up by Alzari Joseph and and, and Pollard today. So See, that, that is the huge difference. That is the huge difference between a good players. Mm-hmm. An average or bad players. The good players does make adjustment quick. Absolutely. In their head, they have the status, they have the differences, they can compare themselves. But end of the day, if they love the game and they love the country, they will join hands no matter what. We had a couple of things. You might have read some of the stuff between Sarma and Kohli. But now it's visible. This is the first game he's playing under the Rahit Sarma. And I think Virat Kohli, to me, I was watching the game all all night. And I can say he contributed 150% to the team, even he is not a leader. Yes, yes, and that is yes. the beauty on Indian cricket now. Just like if you recall when the Virat Kohli initially became a captain, he had a backup from Mahendra Singh Dhoni as a wicketkeeper. Then he had a Rohit Sharma and a couple of other captains who are like a senior to him. And uh, this is the huge advantage for the India as well as Kohli himself because now Kohli got the freedom. At least he don't have to scratch his head about the team plan or game plan or reading tactics or thinking about the other players. No, it's all about him now, how much he can contribute and what he can perform to help the team to win this game. And then that's the beauty. That's how these uh, Tendulkar, Ravid, Dhoni, everyone has done it. Once they're done with the captainship, they stay focused on their own performance and they find every possible way to help the team, whether it's on the, t- on the field or off the field. Okay. Simon, anything that you, you, you need to know before we go? Uh, we'll, I'll leave it for next time because we are closing up soon. Yes. Okay. We'll leave Jetsa, it for next time. Any question, any question from, from you, Jetsa? No, no. Yes. Thank you. Um, be safe. Take care, everybody. Good night. Good night. And, and uh, have a great show. See and you and your family be safe. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Thank you so much, sir. And yes, you're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. We have Donna on the line. Donna, you have any closing thoughts for the show? No, you were listening behind, but I don't know if you had anything in your mind to say. Just want to tell everybody to have a good week. And we hope that West Indies will make a comeback. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Oh, positive vibes from Donna, man. Good grief. That is good. Don't like see it. What's this win at all, boy? The... How about you, Mertris? Where is Mertris? She was with us, but she's gone. Mertris, any closing thoughts from you? Yes, just say good night to everybody. Have a good week. And please, rally around the West Indies, whether they're Amen. alone or not. Be a true, true fan. 
just like me. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night to you. And you and your family. Simon, you're Thank closing you, Simon. Simon. Simon, you're closing doors. Yes, well, I just say, pleasure of being on the show with you talented men and ladies who know the game so well and love the game so well. I've learned something every night coming on the show. I want everyone to have a wonderful week, safe week, and we'll be back here, as Mr. McKenzie would say. See you on the radio next week, Sunday, 4 o'clock, as we and say in England, 1,800 hours. Yes, good night, is. all. Yes, good night. Remember, remember, good night, all. Too. Just want to remind the folks that next week we'll be beginning the show at 3 p.m. instead of 6, just to... For us to see the, the Super Bowl. I got a great invitation to the Super Bowl. Anybody wants to come, just tell me. I'll, just, I'll send my jet. So, <laughs> Kenzie, your final thoughts. Kenzie, your final thoughts. Uh, you have one, 60 seconds. Oh, Mac has gone to sleep. Gone Kenzie? to bed. Mm-hmm. Are you muted? Mackenzie, let me jump in and say thanks for it. Was a great, great discussion. Our, our, our guest was very wonderful, and I, I think we need to get him back on the show sometime down the road. But in the meantime, I want to thank you guys for a very good, a very good evening, and then I want to say I see you all on the radio next Sunday, Godzilla. Take care. Mm-hmm. Good night. Yes. Bye-bye. Jason, you, you, thank you so much. Jason, your final thoughts? Yes, uh, good night, everybody. And we'll catch up next week. Indeed. Dennis, take it yes, away. Uh, Leon, I want to say congratulations to Cricket West Indies for an excellent job with the Under-19 World Cup tournament. This was by all aspects. I'm not saying it was completely, completely smooth, but all aspects of this tournament served as a testament to the skills, ability, and the organization and the promotion of cricket in the Caribbean. The tournament went on first. It was first class, and I give them praise, and I really appreciate the wonderful job they did on this. So looking forward to the bigger tournament with the uh, adult male and females next time round. Thank you all. Be safe. And I just, Get your back. Thank you all. And good night. And I, hope, I hope each and every one of us, you saw the beautiful city of Antigua. North Sound. Aha. Yes, and the wonderful beaches. Not because I wish I were home to invite the whole panel group and my jet, take you all down to Coolidge, around the, the the, the, the country to absorb some of those wonderful beaches. Indeed, not making any joke about them, but they are just out of this world. Good night, all. Thank you all for being um, great um, panelists. And you made it easy for me. Good night, all. Good night, all. And God bless you all. See you next week, 3, 3 p.m. Dream was given on August 28, 1963. The world long after his death in 68. This memorable day was in Washington, D.C., a hot afternoon when he spoke before a crowd of 200,000 overlooking the reflecting pool from the Lincoln Memorial. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities. 
knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friend, so even though difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racist, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. And the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the south with. With this faith. We will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the dangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day when all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, 
let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Good night, all. It is in this spot, in this section of Africa, that we find the Gold Coast. There in West Africa. You also know that for years and for centuries, Africa has been one of the most exploited continents in the history of the world. Been the dark continent. Been the continent that has suffered all of the pain and the affliction that could be mustered up by other nations, it is that continent which has experienced slavery, which has experienced all of the lowest standards that we can think about and brought into being by the exploitation inflicted upon it by other nations. This country, the Gold Coast, was a part of this extensive continent known as Africa. It's a little country there in West Africa, about 91,000 miles in area, with a population of about 5 million people, a little more than 4.5 million. It stands